0: <laughs> no, I'm just
1: kidding.
0: <laughs> Hola, senors. Good <clears throat> yeah. afternoon. Rob, or after Rob said the the podcast was changing to six one six and beyond, and he bolted. And he, he,
2: he like freaked out.
0: Yeah. Hey, I, I didn't mean to scare him. <laughs> Did you I run can... Rob off? Yeah, apparently.
3: I can try to. Uh, I thought it took Harry Mason to do that.
0: Usually, yeah. Whatever's HBO's uh, Sunday night of, uh, uh, special.
3: Well, it ain't the Waltons, I'll tell you that.
0: No. That's Good long. Night.
1: Good night, John
3: boy. You know <laughs> I
0: don't
3: know if you know this, but HBO has some dirty stuff on there.
0: That's probably why he was watching it.
2: Why is he not letting me at him? Oh, select it. There we go. Now we're in business. We get this creepy lips coming up.
0: Ew. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Good
2: afternoon.
0: Welcome to 616 and Beyond, <laughs> your first Marvel yeah. cast. <laughs>
2: Hooray! I hope you brought your Marvel on, Rob. Nope. What do you not mean, not nope? Marvel. You better go back and read something. We'll let you go last. <laughs> we'll let you talk about iron fist the show
4: if you okay, want i've never i've never seen a minute of it. Oh, that was why not one. me either i haven't gotten to it yet i i got to what season two of daredevil and that's kind of where i tapered off
2: yeah that's kind of where i i think i was i saw daredevil jessica jones and daredevil yeah and then I watched. Uh, I just finished Luke Cage, and almost done with Iron Fist season one.
0: I liked Luke Cage. That was good.
2: I like them both. Um,
0: yeah,
2: I'm really into the Iron Fist right now.
0: <laughs> I, I think that uh, Daredevil season two, yeah, uh, was a bit of a slow burn for me. I don't know. I don't really? know if I just didn't like Elektra or what it was, but it, I, it threw me off I, for like over a year. I didn't come back wow. to the Marvel shows.
2: Yeah. I I mean you. It, i thought it was great it had the kingpin it had the punisher it had electra I,
0: like I don't know something something that season i didn't think is was as good as the, the either the jessica jones or something but once i got back in it i I really enjoyed it i like luke cage i liked iron fist and yeah yeah i need to finish it off but it's good Which, stuff
2: w- you finish off iron fist
0: no, finish off. Uh, like oh, the last. What, what's of supposed
2: seasons. to be? What's supposed to be next after Iron Fist? De- Defenders? I think so.
0: Yeah, because there was one more season of Cage, one more season of Jessica, Iron one Iron more Fist. season of Daredevil. Yeah, I so.
3: haven't mentioned the Punisher. And that's the only one I've seen any oh, episodes right. of.
0: I forgot about the Punisher. There's
3: season. two yeah, seasons of
2: that. I thought. Yeah. Or is it just one?
0: I don't remember. I think Iron Fist only got one though. Oh yeah. really?
2: No, Iron Fist yeah. has two.
0: Really? I thought he yeah. no, only it has two. Oh, okay. I know I he has two because some second.
2: people didn't like season one and said season two is much better.
3: But how many seasons did Quincy Medical Examiner get?
2: I don't know, but I never watched that. I had no interest in medical
3: procedure. How mm. dare you, sir? I did. That was a great, large chunk of my childhood. And I was even teasing Brian Shearer the other day that I want to cover homage uh, to the classic Flash where there's the Flash of two worlds and two different Flashes are running to save the victim. And I wanted it to be like Jack Klugman from The Odd Couple on one side (laughs) and Jack Klugman as Quincy on the other, both running to save Tony Randall down on the ground.
2: (laughs) I do like uh, Odd Couple. I, I like that. I don't think I watched any medical procedure except for emergency. I think that was it. And I yeah, watched my, a, Yeah, he's talking about Quincy Barb. He says it's the best. He says, What's wrong with you, Mike? No, Quince, I didn't watch Quincy MASH and
0: Trapper John were like my dad's three favorite shows, so I watched a lot of medical shows as a kid.
2: My dad's medical show was MASH. That was yeah, his medical show. My dad
0: watched show. a lot of MASH.
3: My dad hated MASH. Uh, I would I would watch it, but he approved of Jack Klugman, so we watched a lot of Quincy.
4: My dad was not much of a TV viewer. I, yeah, I didn't not. pick I didn't pick up any any type of shows or movies or anything from from my parents, apart from like kid actual like kids movies, like you know, like The Wizard of Oz's and stuff like that that they would show us purposely. I didn't they weren't they were never watching TV so like anything that I've well what did they do what did they do for entertainment Uh, you know well you know what I from the time that I can remember I mean I'm sure when I was really little they were watching whatever they felt like but then even when I got a little bit older we were watching things together as a family like a little little house on the prairie and stuff like that
0: ah yeah we watched that stuff too
3: my dad wasn't big on TV until he got older, and then he would never turned it off. But as a kid, he said the boob tube would make you stupid. <laughs> he, was more, he was more likely to be listening to some kind of classical music on AM radio
4: than to ever turn the TV on. If it was up to my dad, he'd just watch, he'd watch sports on TV, whether it's baseball, football, whatever.
3: My dad didn't even watch sports unless maybe Alabama football was on, and he might have that game on but most of the time, he didn't even follow most sports.
0: Yeah. That's how my dad was. The only thing he ever watched sport-wise was because uh, he was from Kentucky. He'd watch, like, the NCAA Final Four because, you know, basketball is huge where he grew up. And, right, uh, but
2: he didn't watch it, like, during the the season. He,
0: he just, would if they were playing. But, see, we didn't have cable, so he'd have to catch Kentucky actually playing on a weekend, which, uh, you know, that might happen, like, twice in a year on CBS or something. Yeah, but Kentucky but, like, um, has a great –
2: uh, football, uh, basketball uh, program.
0: Yep, and uh, that was his, his favorite team, and uh, and he would watch uh, the Braves when they would make the playoffs, and that was about it. But, you know, just week-to-week football or what have you, he didn't bother with it.
3: So he didn't watch the Braves until the 90s.
0: <clears throat> yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> How about yep. comic books? Your dads read comic
0: books? No. My Dad would talk to me about when he was a kid reading comics, but not as an adult he like a he's the one who got me into all the duck stuff because he would he would get me the Disney ducks uh from the library and um what was the other thing he really liked? He really liked Captain Marvel, but wow. I think that was more because of the serials when he was a kid than it was the actual comics because mm-hmm. that is would, you know, that
2: is a very i don't, I don't know if you've seen the serials, but it's very interesting' Because uh, yeah, Billy batson. It starts off in Egypt, like he's granted his powers in a, in like a pyramid. It, it's different than like his, his origin where he meets the Shazam wizard,
0: right
2: in the subway and becomes Shazam. He he gets it from a, a pyramid. <clears throat> it, it it's a lot different. I have cereals
3: on my wish list, but I don't <clears throat> think I've ever seen them.
2: I watched them. I watched them all on DVD.
0: Now, what my dad really got us into is once we got a VCR in high school and we started going to the local video rentals was like all the classics, like watching Hitchcock and Cary Grant movies and the old James Bond films. That's the kind of stuff I watched mostly with my dad um, when he was older and I was in like a high school and junior college because we'd we'd be like uh, watching, you know, Goldfinger and. Godfather and just just like the classics.
2: Yeah, for us it was more more sitcom driven. I think my dad didn't like the dramas too much.
1: Three's my Company. My first and...
3: official date was to one of the early James Bond movies. So growing up, it seemed like every Sunday night on ABC was a Bond movie. I don't I don't think it was that frequent, but it it seems like it looking back. So usually on Sunday nights we would gather around and we'd watch a bond movie and god forbid it'd be the one they dated at and then you'd get all kinds of stories of their romance and <laughs> as, a, as a kid you never want to hear about your mom and dad having any no. kind of romantic feeling towards each other <laughs> no, no that's no. gross don't talk
2: about that
3: as the woman that, as
2: you're watching james bond and the woman's uh, coming out of the ocean in a bikini oh yeah and they're yeah, and playing then your dad's some Bond like, Boy, and... your mother used
4: to light my fire. Like, no, <laughs> no, you're ruining this. And, and then, and then the worst would be when your mother, after you you protest like that, your your mother then decides to to say, "Well, how do you think you got here?" Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: no, no, the worst is when they put there's something about Mary on Fox uh, movie of the week, and they get to the jail scene. And my dad's like, what's going on there? And your mom goes, oh, honey, that's just sperm. And then that's the really gross. <laughs> stuff you,
2: you, you, know, you know what? that That is the exact opposite of my parents. Because uh, we were in the theater watching it. And my mom my mom was, uh, what is that white stuff? And my dad's, oh, that's just cum, Betty. <laughs> and
4: then Betty got up and walked out of the theater. <laughs>
3: My dad did that to me once and I didn't know I was scared that he had left me like (laughs) gone, but he had he had gone next door to the grocery store. We we had had an (laughs) arrangement where if I really, really wanted to see a movie that was rated R. He would take me if I bought his ticket and my ticket and they knew that I must really, really want to see it. If I if my cheapskate who spent all his money on comics was willing to do that. And we saw Rambo and maybe platoon something along those lines and then i went for for broke and pushed my luck and we went to see eddie murphy raw and Uh that was the last that was the that was when the deal ended that was when he left said we're not doing that anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then you got home and you're like dodo is coming to get you you know i
3: thought it was hilarious and and (laughs) dad was
0: like that is the worst
3: filth ever you're not allowed to watch that stuff that's You know, that's just terrible. I can't believe you wasted your money on that. And I was just like, I thought it was hilarious. My only fear was I was going to have to walk home. Because in my mind, I was like, I can walk home. Right. (laughs) You know, but looking back as an adult, like, I never made it home. That was a long walk. You know, a mile, one mile is a long way to walk as a kid. But 15 (laughs) miles or whatever, like, I'd have been home like maybe that weekend.
2: My dad trusted us with like rated R films. My mom would get embarrassed if there was like nudity or sex. She sure. was like, "Why are we here?" I, I remember when we were younger and we went to Vegas. They were like, "Pick a show, pick a show." And and me and my 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 friend went with us. And I think Barb was even there. And and me and my friend looked and said, "Wow, this show is topless. We should pick this one." And and see if they buy the tickets. (laughs) And sure enough, they bought the tickets. And we went on as a topless showgirl. And my mom was just like, she just couldn't take it. But we watched the whole thing. It was fantastic. (laughs) It was a great time.
3: (laughs) That's funny. My mother would make it really weird because she'd talk to you about your feelings. And how it's natural to think this way and feel this way. And talk to you about the scientific purposes of reproduction and stuff. I'm like, Mom, no, just please stop. I will Night. never look at boobies again. Please don't talk
1: to <laughs> me
2: about it. I never got the birds and bees discussion from my parents. They they sort of figured my right, mom.
4: Uh, I didn't, like, oh no, but we can we can't talk about it.
2: Yeah, they they said you'll. They figured I'd learn it on my own or through through media. And they were well, right. Like to me about it. They were right. You, you learn pretty early in life the bad words and what things mean
3: because your friends will tell you. Well, see, that's what confused me because when my mother told me the story, she'd use like medical grade definitions of everything and nothing matched up to the, the vernacular that my friends at school were using. Like that's not what that's not what Ken calls that. What what is she? <laughs> t- what is she talking about?
2: Well, we had, like, I think it was 6th grade or 7th grade health, and that's where I learned how where babies came from. Like, it was book book uh, reproduction type stuff.
0: That sounds right. I feel like it was either 7th or 8th grade, yeah.
2: I think they wanted <laughs> to teach you before you, where your home, hormones, school, yeah. well, your hormones yeah. were raging. <laughs> Help, health you know? class. We had health
4: class. Mm-hmm. They the wanted to make
2: sure you knew about rubbers and protective <laughs> That kind of stuff. Yep. Welcome to an episode of uh, Healthcare
3: 101. This is a very special episode, boys and girls.
0: <laughs> oh, man. If this is the bike shop episode, I'm out.
2: Parental guidance
3: is suggested.
2: The birds and the bees.
0: You know, I went and watched that maybe a year ago, the Different Strokes Bicycle episode. That is truly disturbing. Kids should not have been watching that.
3: It, it, Boy, is, I, it, it, it is, is disturbing, but I think it, I don't. I don't remember that specifically. I only remember that Dad hated, I mean, absolutely hated Different Strokes. He well, hated that the kids sassed their dad. What you talking about, Dad? He's like... You talk to me like that, and I'll kill you, you know?
0: <laughs> well, well, spoilers for anybody who ever wants to watch it, but basically the guy who was like the uh, uh, the Maytag man and from um, WKRP in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. he like lures the kids into the back of his bicycle shop, and he shows them naked pictures, and then he tries to get uh, Arnold and his friend to take naked pictures for him.
2: Is he the guy that is the boss in WKRP in
4: Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and it's like super disturbing. And I was like, man, I wish I'd never seen this.
4: Well, they <laughs> they didn't fool around with that, and that was in the '80s. Oh yeah,
0: wow. yeah, yeah. So I, well, I I'm actually glad
2: that they showed that, though, because I had I had a weird experience in <laughs> in Catholic uh, school kind of thing. Like, not the school itself, but it was called catechism. You go to catechism. And I was getting taught by this creepy brother, man. And I knew something was off. Right. And uh, he kept trying to get me alone, and I would just not let it happen. And he invited me. He said he invited me to like dinner with him without my parents. Oh. And so I, uh, I essentially told my mom and dad. I said. How old were you at that time? Uh. What What, what is communion age? I don't remember. Communion is that age like is young.
4: That's like seven or eight.
2: So yeah, I was probably about seven or eight. That young? Yeah.
4: That's freaking creepy. Yeah.
2: Yep, and uh, <laughs> I but but my parents were smart. I was like, they they listened to their kids. They I mean, they didn't like. They I said this guy makes me feel uncomfortable. You don't leave me alone with this dude. And he and, he, and sure enough, they said no. He's not allowed to go with you. So I was like, yeah. Good. I That's knew I, I knew something was off because of different strokes.
1: <laughs> well, well I'm glad you saw that.
2: I'm,
3: I'm, I'm glad you saw that episode and, and <laughs> learned something from them. Yeah, definitely.
2: No, I don't I don't I don't know what time that came out versus what time that happened. I can't correlate the two.
1: Okay.
2: But uh essentially that kind of the whole Year of catechism, it, it formed my opinion uh, sort of on religion personally because I was scared of it. Mm. So it, it changed me definitely.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it says it came out in February of 1983 The Bicycle Man, Part 1. <clears throat>
3: Yeah, would have so been two part, that. It was a two-part very special episode.
0: Well, and there was another one, I can't remember her name, where they were, like, trying to kidnap the one girl, uh, Dana Plato. The, 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 the you, daughter, yeah. I yeah, remember. you remember that one? They, they do a special episode every couple of years.
3: No, I don't. About the only episode I specifically remember was Mr. T showing up on there.
2: <laughs> that one I don't remember. I don't remember that one either. <laughs>
3: Well, I was I was a big Mr. T fan. I I ate a cereal a lot, and I watched, his cartoon. <laughs> and I yeah, watched the cartoon. I watched the I watched
2: the cartoon. I ate his cereal. I watched. I I saw Rocky. Is that what is that what he yeah. started with? Was that like he was in his- Rocky Three? And no, yeah, he was. And uh, I saw that really young at the movies. Yeah, because
1: that started but, Hulk but, Hogan but, too.
2: But but wasn't that like the debut of his like. Popularity was it Rocky? I
3: think so. I think that was probably
2: his because big break. Because after grade. after Rocky, he got A Team, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Him and the Hulkster started there because Hogan wasn't even in the WWF at that point. So that was a that's a big movie for both of them.
3: But Mr. Yeah. T. After that, he was everywhere. I mean, he'd be mm-hmm. guest starring on on like the Bob Hope Christmas special, entertaining the troops, and I you know I would stay up late and watch Johnny Carson and David Letterman, and he would be on there a lot. I, I truly did pity the fool who didn't like Mr. T. Ah,
2: pity the fool. <laughs> I like his rap video for Mother's Day.
3: Be good to your mama. <laughs> <laughs> that is comedy gold. I don't think he meant it to be, but it sure is. Oh,
1: man.
2: Yeah, there was a guy at, uh, I think it was Baltimore Comic Con, that looked like him, and he would go every year. And I, I took pictures with him. He looked like a young version of Mr. T. Is
0: it on your Facebook? I'll have to go back and look and see if I can find it. it.
2: All Everything is on my Facebook. But I post, I, I post yeah. too much, especially because I post... It's hard to find things because I post the comics I read. So right. they, like... Sometimes... The algorithm for Facebook is pretty good because it'll show you, like, it knows that something's a picture versus a comic book. But um, I, I love Facebook for that because it tracks every day. It says, here's what you did in your memories. And I I find these, like, weird patterns. Like, why am I reading Spawn every day of this year, like every five years I'm going on a, a spawn <laughs> thing and, and I, I see these weird trends and it's happening during the same times and it it's very strange, I'll even tell Barb I said this is the weirdest crap like we're eating like a meal we cook every year on the same day, just some random day and we don't plan it, it just happens <clears throat>
0: yeah,
2: yeah, it's very strange
0: the book, the book I picked for tonight is a is, is, uh... The topic is something I tend to rabbit hole with around Christmas time every year, and I'm not sure why either, but it's something like, I always like um, get really interested in this topic right around this time of year.
2: Well, I'm is interested. it murder?
1: <laughs> is it murder? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, every Christmas, I, 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 the murder comes into my brain.
3: <laughs> I used to so think it's not, like. It's I not used... just the voices in my head saying it. Okay. I just wanted to say.
2: Uh, I used to love like Christmas music and Nosferatu like changed my mind about some of the songs because okay, you think they're they're creepy. I I they, it introduced horror to those songs.
1: <laughs> like
2: I start seeing that little girl with the teeth and it sort yeah. of like freaks me out and it's a song that I used to really like get joyful over. <laughs> and that, and now Nosferatu it changed my opinion of Christmas for sure
0: so like shrek the halls you're thinking max shrek the halls
2: yeah max shrek the vampire uh what was he nosferatu yeah no I'm, I'm actually talking about joe hill's nosferatu
4: oh i hadn't seen that one okay. yeah did you see that it was canceled
2: yes there's two seasons though yeah
4: I, seasons. I only
2: saw season one so far i still oh, okay. have one you more got nother, one we, more we, we, season we to go
1: couple,
2: yeah I find that creepy like it, it has an element of horror because of children like the fact that this guy would drive up in that creepy car go into the, the home he'd have a guy slaughter the family and take the kid like it was yep, just awesome it was awful mm. like it was like when you when you add horror to like kids it, it's like a whole nother element evil did that too i'm like you're not going here are you like it's it's like insanely creepy
0: what's the is it assault on precinct 13 where the guys are just kind of running running wild and killing people um i remember that one really messed with me because there's a scene it's just a little girl going to an, an ice cream van uh to get an ice cream cone and the guy shoots her point blank and yeah anytime you see like unbridled violence against children I, I don't know it's just it yeah, gets Yeah it,
2: it, it, it's almost like it hits another level of like rating like yeah. I can't believe you're going there you know like it, it it's weird it takes it to another level of horror
0: Yeah I mean you could I can see like And I the, don't uh,
2: have kids if I had kids right. it would be even worse like I it would some of yeah, it would it like tra- tra- much traumatize
4: me it. Yeah it really really bothered me a lot
3: Yeah having kids changes a lot of things and and one of them would be that because yep. i can't i can't watch a lot of shows where something happens to the children and i'm like nope nope because i'll have nightmares that the same thing happens to my kids
1: Before like
2: evil, he, evil dealt with that kid that was like violent like he had no emotional attachment in what oh, he I did could, to yeah. his sister in the pool i mean i just like i can't believe they're doing this
3: well, Joe, does your does your wife listen to this podcast? Can we start a petition for you to watch Evil? <laughs> no, she
0: oh. doesn't. <laughs> but uh, you can start a petition. I don't know how we tend to we tend to get on a show and it takes forever for us to get it watched because I work a lot of you know mid shifts, so I may not get home till like eight o'clock. So uh, we're in the middle of Shit's Creek right now, so it's gonna be a while oh. before we get done with it.
4: What what uh, season are you up to? Do you remember? Do you, uh, you know? so
0: we just started season four nice so we're like just 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 around halfway through
4: yeah we just recently finished it um i mean we watched it all back to back pretty much like you're in the middle of right now i I absolutely love that show
0: yeah it's one of those that really gets better as it goes oh it's amazing yeah
2: i like it but i'm not that attached to it like it's one i can bag and board comics to but that's when I listen to it the most, is when I'm bagging and boarding comics. If you guys S- tried Schist's what Creek we do before. in the
4: shadows, that TV show.
0: No, no but I, seeing I keep seeing that one at the library. It funny looking, it's but I, I it's seen
4: fantastic. It. It's it's very quirky and hilarious, kind of like uh, Shit's Creek, but totally it's totally totally different type of a uh, type of comedy, but it's equally as funny. Is
0: that
2: on Netflix? That one is on
1: Hulu.
0: Ah. Yeah, I think we're going to cut back again. We, 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 right now, we've got just about everything you can get, um, and we're like, man, we're going to have to dump YouTube TV. It's just too much, too much a month. Uh, and right now, the only reason we're even keeping it's for for PBS. And I'm like, man, I can just add like two separate PBS channels, cheaper than keeping the sixty five dollars. So or you could get that, an
2: antenna. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Those yeah. things
2: are only like twenty dollars, and watch it we, live. We have, I can pick up. We PBS have one. We get the antenna. we get the
0: crappy PBS from uh, Illinois, but the good one in Iowa. It, it's, it's sometimes like you'll be in the middle of like. A, I'm trying to think of what, what's hot now. Um, what's there, hot there, on PBS?
3: There is the, the biggest difference between Joe and me, right there. He said the good PBS, and to mm-hmm. me, there is no good PBS. Oh man.
0: <laughs> No, so, like, the ones that has, like, the mystery shows and everything and the brick comms, uh, it'll it'll break up uh, and get real pixely. But, uh, the like, the real crappy one that's just, you know, local old ladies quilting, we get that one.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is PBS to me.
2: <laughs> I like PBS. I grew up with it. That was my Sesame Street Electric Company, 321 Contact, um, Electric. Yeah, what else? There was a lot of stuff I watched on that. Well, I know
0: one thing you didn't like that my dad hated too and that's Doctor Who and that was what I got into. Oh, in
2: I well, I that was one thing that my dad liked and I didn't right. like. Like he would make me sit down and watch it and I like I hated it. And I <laughs> I've even tried to dip my toe into that property like several times and I just I I don't it's one of those things I I just can't latch onto at all.
0: See me and me and me and you should flip flop dads on that one. My dad hated it too. Yeah. You know, but uh, but but I would watch that on Saturday afternoons and uh, like the brick comms, like uh, are you being served and yeah. all those. Yeah. You know? well,
2: my dad hated horror, so I've okay. I've always liked it, like any kind of horror. But he liked like sci-fi a lot, and that's right. where the the Doctor Who came from, and in Star Trek. he watched Star Trek. I like Star Trek. I just, uh, there's I was more of like, I'm a Star Wars kid, like 1977, like I grew up on Star Wars and then everything else like circled around Star Wars, like if it's Battlestar Galactica or Buck Rogers or, Mm -hmm. it was all about Star Wars. No matter
4: what it is, you're comparing (laughs) it to your experience with Star Wars. Right,
2: right, so like Star Wars was so big for me at, I was Man, I was, I was like I... I was like 7 or 8. Yeah, I totally it, get it. I mean, I was it was exactly impressionable that every time I saw Star Trek, I was like, what is this? This is boring. And when I saw yeah, the that's motion picture, what pic- I thought when the motion picture came, I was like, what the heck is this V'ger?
0: I can't Man, take I like this. Star Trek and I still say that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but I actually like it changed my opinion when when Wrath of Khan came because right. it, I I really liked Wrath of Khan and I liked all the movies after Wrath of Khan but never got into Next Generation just never I I just I've tried many many times and I can't I can't do it with that crew the crew doesn't work for me
0: Oh man I just finished Picard on CBS I thought it was really good Yeah and, uh, I've heard good things wor- but working my way through uh what's it called the Discovery series Yeah I have to watch all that stuff by myself. Nobody will watch it with me. (laughs) I'm watching Discovery, but it's kind of losing me. Most of my shows
3: are viewed alone because the family is like, how can you stand that? Yeah, it was
2: all like – I just got the uh, retro magazine for Three's Company, and, man, I I was just thumbing through it, and it looks fantastic. And I – I love Three's Company. Like that, we were a sitcom family. We were like Sanford and Son, Jeffersons, All in the Family. I mean, we—that's what we'd watch. The Love Boat. I mean, we always watched the Love Boat.
0: I always think is like when I was a kid. A lot of that stuff I would have to go to bed early so I wouldn't get to see anything except for the Saturday night ones and the yeah. Friday night ones. So I would see Love Boat and Fantasy Island, and I would see. What was the Friday night shows? It was like Dukes of Hazard, Charlie's Project. Angels. Yeah, Charlie's Angels. Like Incredible Hulk. Was,
2: Charlie's yeah. Angels was a big, a big show in our household.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but like all the and that's when, pubert, that's when puberty, that's when puberty
2: was hitting, man.
0: So so <laughs> it it was like
2: Farrah Fawcett and all those angels. I couldn't
3: believe Cheryl,
0: Ladd and Jacqueline Smith.
3: Uh,
0: I, I oh my gosh, the nurse from Three's Company. Oh yeah. yeah. What was her Ter- name? Terry? Was it
2: Terry. Terry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. see, th- my opinions have changed though. Like for me, it was I liked the nurse in Three's Company, but as I watch it now, as an old man, I think Joyce DeWitt is the bomb. Like I, I think she is so sexy. She's my favorite Three's Company now, and later on with the Angels, it became. Um, not Kate Jackson, but the one with the short hair.
0: Jacqueline Smith.
2: Yeah. Yep. No, no, it was Kate Jackson. The sh- oh, it she was had, Kate she, Jackson. She had the short hair, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, so like my taste have, have changed over the years, just like uh artists and comics. I oh yeah. There, there's artists that like Sam Keith I didn't like back in the day, and uh, I didn't like Keith Giffen or Jack Kirby, and then college hit.
0: And I became obsessed with these artists, you know, it was weird. I hated Gene Colan, like Night Force and that. um. Oh, my God. That, and I love that. When I was a kid, though, that run of Detective he did and that Night Force, I just hated that. Yeah. I was like, oh, this looks like old people stuff. Get it away from mm, me. I can't stand it. Them. weird. It just didn't, it yeah. would be
3: hard to make something out. Like I want a clean, crisp image like like Jim Apero, not not this muddied thing but now i can read a gene calling like oh this is this is different but i like it i'm
0: well, the same a... way i wish i still had some of those detectives because i got a bunch of them and i was like ugh, i hate the way these look and I, as a kid i traded almost all of them and
2: i liked his stuff i when he got to like Tuma dracula and night force that's when i liked it he was right. he it was he was a different artist when he was like doing daredevil
0: oh totally it, it, was, it was much much more, more like Marvel a style. Marvel style yeah yep mm-hmm.
2: And then the Bill Sinkovic or what Sinkovic or how do you pronounce it Sinkovich? Sinkovich. I can Yeah
0: yeah the New Mutants dude
2: I when New Mutants came out with his art I was like what the heck is this demon bear I don't want to read it It looks like somebody was scratching with a pencil and I couldn't get it but now I like it so And the same thing happened with the the Assassin cuz he drew that and I didn't like it
0: Okay, speaking of Demon Bear, did you watch New Mutants?
2: I did. That's It's kind of like centers around that story,
0: right? Did you like it? I liked, I liked it quite that... a bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I did too. I think that movie, because people were so harsh on it, I was expecting it to be so bad that I think all of us really enjoyed that movie. Because yep. we, we had a family night with it, and we thought it was good.
4: I, I think that that's what I had thought too, is that everyone was, you know, ragging on it so badly. I'm like, oh, it must be pretty, pretty rough. No, I thought it was great. I thought it yeah, was
0: really... Well, I well, it, it, it's, not your, it's not
2: your, it's not your typical, it's not Rob though. It's not your typical like Marvel movie.
0: Well, yeah, they. It's well, their it, first uh, it, it's, Disney it's more... X-Men movie, so people were probably pissed that it wasn't, you know, you know, uh, it's something that would accompany. Well, from it was, like it was their...
2: made, it was made before
4: they
0: acquired. Right.
2: It was right. made a long time ago, like a yeah, long think they time
4: ago. I filmed that about twenty five years ago. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, but but
2: I, it's I not totally like missed. a lot of special effects or action. It's more a psychological
4: drama. Like, did you think like the the woman who played Mo- Danny Moonstar? She was she was terrific as that. Um, you oh, know, for, it, it picked, was Eleandra for me. Like, I yeah, think yeah, Eleandra was great. She's Wolverine the actress was, that I thought they did such a good job.
3: Yeah. yeah, me too. See, I wish y'all had watched this and told me this a few weeks ago. Target had movies, buy two, get the third free. And I had two that I really wanted, and I debated on the New Mutants, and I said, I have heard nothing good about this movie. I'm not going to gamble on on New Mutants. And I ended up getting some much cheaper movie that I could probably get for $5 on Amazon. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, if we'd have seen New Mutants oh, cheap, right. we would have bought it by now. I would, uh, well, but I think we... it was...
3: Priced at like twenty five dollars for the yeah. Blu Ray, but I was gonna. I had a Disney movie, and they're usually, you know, eighteen to twenty five by themselves. Right. So then if I could. I like to try to get bundles of comparably priced stuff, and I ended up getting a much cheaper one because I couldn't settle on anything. Well, what did you get? Instead the of New
2: mutants, I want to know this. Yeah, I
3: do too. Well, well I know I got a, a Disney movie for the kids.
2: Yeah, and... what was
3: it? Cartoon or. Well, I'm not gonna say because my my stinky teenager just came in here and just smell up the room ah. I, can't, I can't I can't say at the moment, but <laughs>
1: sure
3: and i I don't even remember what the other two were because they were they weren't anything that I was excited about because I, I I found the one that I needed for the the Christmas list
1: right and then
3: then I was like, well, I'll get one, I'll get one for me, and then I was like, you know what? I don't know about this new mutants thing, so I put it back and ended up getting something. I don't even remember what it was, but the third thing, because it applied to books, movies, and music, and I ended up getting the AC/DC CD as my third choice.
2: Oh, I want I, <laughs> that. So I, I it was a Disney
3: movie, for, ACDC, and something I can't I, remember.
2: I forget. I, I forgot to ask for that. But I got some Amazon gift cards. That's probably what I'll get. The ACDC. I didn't even know it was out.
3: I saw it on Twitter yeah. Nobody mentioning, like, I'm mad at all of you for not telling me. And no, like, I've, been, Nobody dude, told me. I,
2: I've been posting that on <laughs> Facebook because I follow ACDC. So I just see it all the time come up on my timeline. <clears throat> I'm a huge ACDC nut. So, like, when I was a kid, I just kept drawing their logo. Them and Van Halen just over and over again on my notebooks. Van <laughs> Halen
4: was a popular one to draw for me. Yeah. Well I,
2: I still love that I liked
4: them the best. The,
2: I love that design. But but overall I, I, I'd much rather listen to A C D C than Van Halen.
4: I'm the opposite. I'm yeah, a I like I'm a better, Hagar.
2: I, I like, uh,
3: what, I've got a soft spot for pretty much any of the bands that I was listening to on cassette in the eighties. Oh yeah. sure.
2: I like uh Hagar Halen. That's that's my Van Halen. I still love David Lee Roth, but That's when I started to love Van Halen. But I was already a Sammy Hagar nut, so you add him with... I uh, felt
3: like he really kept it going. And and I read something when Eddie Van Halen died recently that David Lee Ross sang about sex and Sammy Hagar sang about love. Yeah. And I was like, that's a pretty good summation. I'm hot for it's I can't uh, be love.
2: Well, Van Halen, before Sammy got there they would always do like a cover song on almost every album. Like, so there's, there was always like pretty woman or there there was, and that was their, uh, their producer saying that these are going to be the hits. Like he was forcing them sort of to go down the path of re singing cover songs. Oh, really?
4: Yeah. You know what? Um, I looked it up recently. I think when, um, Eddie Van Halen passed away and Sammy Hagar, 73, what? Yeah, that's crazy. He's seventy-three. It's Dang. like now, listen. I, I don't. Ex- I mean, we're, he, doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't look seventy-three at all. No, but like I expect them all to be in their sixties. Yes, but when I saw seventy-three, I'm like, oh my god!
2: It makes sense though because <laughs> that's we were, literally we, like we were, my
0: dad was the lead singer in the band. That's right. My dad's <laughs>
4: seventy-five, so he easily could've been. <laughs> it ma- it makes I sense can, though if you think my dad about in, in any band. Me neither. I mean, mine, not yours.
2: <laughs> if you think about the time period, though, you you were in your, at least I was in high school, yep. And they were in their twenties, so they're late twenties, probably. They
4: they were pretty old. <laughs> well, and Sammy Sammy was a little bit. He'd already had a career prior to that, right? And he's a little bit older in the first place. Like David Lee Roth, I just looked it up. David Lee Roth is sixty six, so that's kind of the age that. The yeah. and, were. and then, you know, they got Sammy and, and Sammy already had a, a healthy solo career and uh, he was already a little bit older. He had been around. I'm
2: surprised before. Eddie died before his brother, because his brother. Hardcore alcoholic, like worse than Eddie. Um, well, I think Eddie's
3: thing was he was always smoking. Yeah. I mean every video every every picture of him that I can remember seeing is just
2: smoking. Yeah he, he always had the smoke or whatever he'd be playing the guitar and he had this weird smile like a smirk He had Yeah uh, he, 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 he he
4: just had a goofy likeable looking smile.
2: It it is a very likeable smile it, and it is goofy. That's a good way yeah. to describe it because it I don't know. It's very unusual. (laughs) Yeah, It's almost like an aw
4: shucks type. Yeah, like aw shucks. It's almost
2: like I'm shy kind of smile. Yes, yes. Like I'm not going to. And he wasn't like as vocal as some of them were.
4: It it was cool. He was a a big boss.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, who wants to go first on the
4: comics? You guys get started. I'm just going to grab a drink. I'll be back in less than a What are you going to grab? i I'm probably just a Coca-Cola. Uh, a I thought coke it was gonna coke be a cheer wine. What did you want me to get? A cheer wine. coke, forty five. It's <laughs> all the proof you need. No. I, I I would get a cheer wine if, if they sold it here, but
0: I can't get that. Hey you gotta hit the cracker barrel. Oh, there you go.
2: Try Ace We've Hardware.
0: <laughs> <It's an> Ace. <laughs> we don't have
2: any Ace Hardwares either. No, oh that then Ace Hardware Valvo has a huge and hector.
4: The apocalypse has hit you hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be right back.
2: All right. Who wants to go first? I can go then. All right.
0: So my yearly rabbit hole I've mentioned in, uh, like I was telling you what I've been watching on the treadmill or like I call the Trek mill, because uh, I've been, that's where I watch my star Trek since nobody will watch it with me. So we're doing star Trek number 27 I don't remember which volume this is. It's June '86, so I think that maybe volume, maybe volume one.
3: Um, it DC. It's DC. Yeah,
0: like, that's, yeah pro- it did,
3: that's probably their first volume.
0: Yeah, because uh, I know they DC did two volumes, and I can't remember when the second when the second one started. So I'm pretty the first, sure this the is first one was one.
2: a long running one. It was right.
0: long. Well, this has got bear claw in it too, so I'm pretty sure that was volume one. But uh, this one was written by uh, Green uh, Robert Greenberger and drawn by the incredible Tom Sutton. And after rereading this, one, I was like, "Man, Tom Sutton could do the best job of doing likenesses and not making it look like he's just like riffing on a photo." He he did a really good job on this book. Um, he's making so, a
2: comeback on some book. Tom oh, Sutton's, Sutton's? drawing. Yeah, I think he's drawing either a, uh, one of the newer books, or he's drawing a future estate. Um, I think I yeah. think
3: he's I think he's moved on to the beyond.
2: No, I heard his name. Who? Tom Sutton.
1: Tom
3: Sutton.
2: Or maybe yeah. I'm thinking of Tom Lyle. Maybe
0: I'm getting confused with my Tom. I
3: think he's moved on to the beyond.
0: Huh? Tom Sutton was um, you know, one of those Charlton guys, and. Let's see. I'm going to look real quick for you guys. I know that's one of those fun things everybody like uh, looks up stuff while they're in the middle of podcasting. But he died in 2002. So. Well, he's still producing. Well, him and well, Tupac. So- and somebody apparently-
2: somebody <laughs> named Tom
0: is drawing. <laughs> T- Tupac's writing the lyrics. Agatha Christie's writing the books. And uh, Tom Sutton's drawing. <laughs> drawing. There you
2: go. <laughs> so, so who's covering what?
0: I'm sorry, I just got. Back
2: he's covering because he's covering Marvel Star Trek. You no, know, he's DC covering Star DC Star Trek. <laughs> Trek. I'm the only one that cheated, I guess.
0: I I would have, except I'd already done my book, and I didn't know if I'd have time. So um, I was like, oh man, if I'd known that, I would have grabbed one of those westerns that I I picked up off of eBay. But anyway, I'm on a Star Trek kick, so it's perfect. So I'm pretty sure this one is somewhere before uh, Voyage Home, but. Post search of Spock, uh, search for Spock, just because some of the things that they say in here. Um, they're on the USS Excelsior, and Kirk is still an admiral, so we know it's uh, before they go back in time. But uh, the crew's in deep space, and it's just really boring. They're t- in too deep a space for anything cool to be happening. So uh, Kirk is just sitting on the bridge, uh, being the admiral of the ship. I'm and- just
3: chilling, guys. I'm just chilling.
0: And he asked Chekhov to go uh, schedule some readiness drills. Cause at this point, Chekhov is kind of like the security officer. Um, and uh, while, uh, you know, the way that works on the the bridge is you know, they'll, they'll go from character to character. And so you've kind of got all your plot threads developing. And uh, so Sulu is uh, talking to someone and he mentions, you know, it, it was kind of worth the opportunity uh, that he lost for command because, uh, He, uh, you know, was next up to take over the Excelsior, which he'll get in one of the future movies, if anybody remembers which one I don't. But um, he didn't get the command because uh, they ran off to save Spock. And he also says it was worth losing the Enterprise for Spock. So that's how I knew we we were talking post Star Trek 3. And at this point, we meet his new love interest, and her name is Lieutenant Maria Morelli. And uh, she's going to be the person who keeps popping up through uh, at least this issue. I don't know if she stayed around in the series much or not. uh, Chekov, uh is meeting up with his team, so he's going to do these drills. And one of them is an Andorian named Goran. And uh, that was the one thing really cool about the comic. Um, you know, we pretty much only saw humans uh, in the movies, with the exception of a certain Vulcan on the uh, space, the spaceship so it was kind of neat in the comics they, they brought in. Before Worf existed on Next Generation, they, they actually had a Klingon on the crew in the comic book. And uh, apparently they had an Andorian as well, the guy, the blue guys with the little antennas. And this one's name is Gorin. And so they decided they're going to run some simulations and get the crew ready. And back on the bridge, uh, Lieutenant Savick uh, tells uh, Kirk that there's an ion storm approaching. And this is going to be one of those things that plays into the, the thing they're going to run later. So um, Scotty comes up to the bridge, and he doesn't really do anything other than just take them to lunch. This whole thing for the first half of the book is kind of like Claremont riding the X-Men playing baseball. Like, nothing really much happens. You know, I'm reading this along, and I'm like, this is kind of enjoyable, but I don't know how I'm going to describe this. Because not much is going on, uh, other than them just kind of like, they go to lunch and eat. And uh, (laughs) what do they have? Uh, exactly, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> they had a loose leaf salad. Um, but uh, so, Sulu invites Savic to come to the fencing demonstration, and Lieutenant Morelli's not having it. She's like, uh, "We're trying to eat alone." So um, Savic goes, "Well, I'm obviously not wanted because she's, you know, like the emo- unemotional, 100% Vulcan," and she walks off. And um, Kurt grabs Bones and her, and they sit down and have lunch together uh in savik is really was well, savik the
2: one played by ali um the uh,
0: one from cheers christy, yeah, ali, christy yeah. ali yeah yeah, yeah and the, in the first one at least anyway uh but she she Death she Tom.
2: became a she betrayed somebody in one of the episodes like she got arrested
0: right in one of the movies mm-hmm. that was a different one that was uh a, a, another vulcan but i know the one you're talking about that was the one played by the lady from sex in the city um, it was actually a different Vulcan, though. That I can't was the, the, the one with
2: the boots, I think.
3: Um,
0: yeah.
2: They were trying to the find out who boots? murdered the Klingons, right?
0: Yeah. The
3: boots with the
0: fur? Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, so then there's a big conversation. Savic doesn't get why uh, Lieutenant Morelli's being jealous. And so she basically sits and talks over lunch to McCoy and Kirk about how mating rituals of humans don't make any sense. But uh, back on the bridge, things are starting to happen. The uh, drill that uh, they were running is starting to kick in. So during this ion storm, there's uh, three ships that approach. So Sulu's uh, demonstrating his fencing sword, and um, the all alert goes out. So this is uh, everybody running around like crazy and mad, trying to get to their stations quickly enough, and Chekhov is monitoring uh, the situation, and and he's pretty excited about how quickly the crew reacted, and so now he's going to launch the attack. So uh, Kirk has Gorin fire torpedoes, but there's a malfunction. Chekhov freaks out that things are going haywire, so whatever he had done to interfere with the sensors actually also messed up with the weapon system. Uh, and then there's a really weird storytelling choice, just everything fades to black, um, but it gets explained in a, by Kirk that um, he had set up an intruder control, and because the weapon systems were uh, messed with, he could tell that there was an intruder on the ship, but the intruder was Chekhov, but whatever. So um, Savick uh, fixes the override and everything's back to normal. Um, So Kirk's kind of, you know, really laying into Chekhov saying, okay, I asked you to run a drill, but I didn't tell you to like go in and override systems and screw everything up. So um, Kirk's a little bit stressed out and he wants to, I am (laughs) go, uh, God, you just totally threw me, man. Get out of here.
3: <laughs> Sorry. You, get, uh, so, you keep saying my name, and I keep feeling like I need to respond to something.
0: Well, I, I'll have to say James T. or something. <laughs> James T. is uh, stressed out, so he asks uh, Bearclaw uh, to join him for some hand-to-hand combat, and Claw says, well, what about the fencing we just learned about? And uh, he says, fencing's for dreamers. And I just thought that was kind of funny, because, you know, that's like Zulu's whole shtick. Um Savick uh, runs into Scotty. She admits that she's kind of lonely, and once again, she's like, "I'm really confused by all this uh, intimate contact that people are always getting into. Like, why are humans always trying to initiate uh, human uh, this uh, intimate contact?" So I'm about to do a really bad Scotty impersonation. So Scotty says, "There's a thrill to the chase." I can't even. I can't even read my handwriting here. <laughs> There's a thrill to the chase of getting the heart of a pretty lass even more when two become one and uh, he his heart was of course stolen by the Enterprise and other starships rather than a lass but he does go on this long story about how once I was on the picnic and yada 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 but um and we all know what yada 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 is <laughs> uh, then we see Chekhov and Uhura has come to sing him a song because he's all butthurt about uh Kirk getting into him so um after the ash chewing, he got Ahura uh, comes in, sings him a lullaby, and I guess he must fall asleep. Uh, Savick sees Ahura leaving Chekhov's room, and you know she's been so I- interested in in, in uh, intimate contact. I wonder if uh, I wonder why they didn't like have that as a chance for there to be some kind of misunderstanding, like her go like, "Hey, were you and you know Chekhov just being intimate?" But no, uh, they just randomly decide to go have a sing along, which was really weird, but whatever. Uh, so, at the end of the song, they're singing in Ahura's uh, room Red Alert, Red Alert, back to the bridge. And this time it was a normal drill, and the crew did much better. So, uh, Chekhov agreed to uh, stagger the Red Alerts from here on out. And Marilly and Savic agreed to a game of chess. So, they're going to be friends and the, you know, no hurt feelings over, uh, I guess, Savic. Uh, Uh, talking to Sulu and making Morelli jealous and so the Excelsior continues on her mission and next month there's a McCoy story so it was just a really weird issue because like I say it's kind of like the baseball uh, or random trips to the mall for the the X-Men where it didn't seem like a whole lot happened but at the same time it was it was enjoyable because it was more kind of character moments. But um, in general, I would say that, that DC issues that I have read, I have a handful. They tend to be pretty good. And like I said before, you jumped on Rob. The the Tom Sutton artwork is is really good. Uh, and so I would I would say definitely if you can pick those up cheap, which is typically how I found them, uh, they're worth grabbing. Nice.
4: Yeah. Rob, do you I, like I, Star do. Trek? Um, it's 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 fine. I'm kind of I'm kind of with in the same boat as you in that saw star wars when i was five years old um and then star trek the i don't remember when that came out of it was the following year or something
0: 79
4: okay so so a couple years later it was very long and very slow and yeah and especially to a seven-year-old pretty boring (laughs) so (laughs) That was my kind of my first introduction. Although maybe I would seen some of the, the reruns, I, I, I'm not sure.
2: Do you get com- um,
4: any of the comics or no? I I do have uh, like from this this run that um that Joe was um just talking about. I've got like from issue 30 all the way into the second to last issue. And for whatever Yeah, I you, mind, should, I you
2: should you should get the uh, you should get the first three because you're a George Perez uh, nut. And I was the- just
4: looking at. I'm like, yeah. e- really. Oh, it's George Perez. Of course, they look great.
2: He d- he drew I, the first
4: the first three covers. Particular issue number one and three. I think the covers look amazing. Yeah. I thought he,
3: DC did a much better job with the Star Trek property than Gold Q or or Marvel.
0: Oh, the yeah. Gold Key ones are a tough to read. They're so far off uh, point. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. So I, I I've been I think that. Star Trek is interesting and like I was I kind of like catching the reruns whenever they would show because it was very in my area it was very infrequent that somebody would pick up that license or whatever you call it to actually air reruns um, locally so when it did come around I would I'd would watch them on the weekends or whatever but I, I, I wasn't a real huge fan of the property but um, definitely the Wrath of Khan was was big and then I, I particularly liked the one where they went back to save the whales.
0: Yeah, number four. Yeah, yeah for, that was for,
3: the first one that I think I started liking Star Trek was when it they just, There the was whales. a
4: lot of humor that lent itself with these people from the future coming oh, back. when he's talking in the, the mouse. Pro- computer! Computer. <laughs> computer. First, he's just talking to the computer, not doing anything, and they point to the mouse, so he picks it up like it's a, it's
2: a speaker. Yeah, for, for for me, it's... uh. Wrath of 6 and f- 5 I, those are the ones that I like a lot 6
0: uh, is probably my favorite 6, six has yeah. one
2: of the best soundtracks like mute scores in my opinion that's the murder mystery of the Klingons yep. that's one that of my one. favorites and then I, I just love 5 because it's so weird and why does God want a starship I just Christ. love, I, I love, I love that. I just,
0: <laughs> and that's the one where they're doing row, row, row your boat. <laughs> yep, they do like the round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I fell in love with them through the movies. Uh, and the first one I saw in the theater it, it was Rathacon. Uh, the, the TV show was what my sister watched. I, didn't, I wasn't interested in it. Uh, it would come on in the afternoons and I hated it. I'm like, Ugh, I want to watch G.I. Joe and He-Man. You know? and I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be pissed off that she got to the TV before me. You know, and uh, and well, then there's the movies, that animated
2: I, cartoon, though too. Um,
0: Star I don't Trek. think I saw that till much later, though. Yeah. I don't. I still haven't seen it. I, I skipped I know the, the cartoon because I
3: thought Star Trek was boring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I got into it with the movies, and then with the Next Generation was was when I started getting into Star Trek, and I, I have since gone back and and liked the old episodes. But yeah, as a kid, I hated it.
4: See, and for me, I, I was never that huge of a – to follow it on TV. I, we watched the movies. Next Generation came. I watched them here and there, but very sporadically. I haven't seen any of DS – what is it called? DS9. DS9. DS9.
0: Deep Space Nine. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. and, and then some of the later ones I watched just because I was more grown up and I just, just decided, okay, let's watch this this season this series. Right. Um, whether it was Enterprise, I didn't watch really Voyager, but I think I watched this Enterprise, the one with Scott Bakula.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
4: Yeah. That's the one that I watched like, I, you know, every week, I would just we would just watch it.
0: Yeah, we did the same thing because uh, once uh, I, once it hit like network television. Um, it was like the thing to do on a Wednesday night. Is uh, the nerds would come over and watch Star Trek. <laughs> and the problem with some of those syndicated ones, like Deep Space Nine, that would be on like 2 a.m. on a Saturday night. You know, right, right. We and, and in college we'd be out. We wouldn't. We wouldn't be at home watching Star Trek. So, <laughs> and we didn't have DVRs at that point. So yeah, I, I missed most of Deep Space Nine the the yeah. first go round.
4: Um, Mike, I know you're watching Discovery, and it's kind of, kind of fallen off for you, but. I've been enjoying it, but definitely not enough to pay CV- CBS. Right, money, I, I'm you know, losing. I'm, I'm losing
2: interest because of uh, the spore thing. I I, I think.
0: It, it, Are you watching it on CBS right now? Like no, network. No, I'm or?
2: watching it. Yeah, network. It's on. Yeah, yeah. Friday nights at nine or something like that. Yeah,
0: I like that first season. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah.
2: I'm watching it. I'm gonna finish it. I there's I a big twist. You need losing, to just hang in there. Lose, I wonder, interest.
0: Are they gonna show them all? I hope. Uh, they- I don't know because that's kind of like their bread and butter. Because um, no, Picard I think- like I can, could uh, I buy the season from um, Amazon. That's how I finally ended up seeing Picard. But uh, the Discovery, you can't even buy those from Amazon. At least like the newer seasons. Oh,
4: they so. want you to. Pay. You know, CBS obviously wants you to buy. Yeah, uh, CBS
2: All Access, yeah. I, but it yeah, has good but stuff, I, though, man. I, I, I
4: You've got like
0: Perry it. Mason on there, the original Perry Mason, you know? not being CBS for the privilege of watching their network television shows. <laughs> <laughs> just not. Well, I, I, I like the model that... Uh, but some of, the of them he, you
2: can't see on regular CBS, like the Stephen I,
0: King it, The Stand and it, stuff exactly. like that. Exactly, so put it on CBS and I'll watch it but um, it, I like what Peacock's does doing because I was watching like Rockford Files today you have to sit through some commercials but you know the only place you can see Rockford Files is some of these old 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 NBC shows uh, streaming um, like um, what's the other one Columbo you have to watch it through Peacock so. you can watch really Savage Dragon like
3: on a disc or something that you could own forever and watch it anytime you want I'm, about I to move the in March. I'm
2: at the that.
0: point I want to get rid of everything because I don't want to pack it up and move it
2: Savage yeah. Dragon is on uh, on the uh, N- NBC app, Peacock. The cartoon, yeah. Really?
0: yeah. I had to I check. It that out. They had a cartoon. Of Savage yeah. Dragon. Oh yeah, yeah. It was on the USA Network, I think, or it was.
2: It was. You'll even see at the end of it the USA. Like I was even telling Barb, I said this is. It's pretty good, and it's sort of close to some of the stuff in the comics. But man, the guy they got to do Dragon's voice is like nothing you would think. A, his voice would be like by reading the comic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the only one that of the big ones, let's see, Spawn got HBO, Wildcats got CBS, Savage Dragon was on USA. The only one that never really made it was Young Blood. I don't think anything ever happened. Yeah, with
2: or it. Uh, Shadow Hawk.
0: Oh, that's right. Yep. Or
2: wa- yeah, Wildcats Cyber only Force. was like one season.
0: Yeah, on CBS. Yep.
2: And then Malibu had uh, what was the group? Um, Ultra Force. Ultra Force. Yeah.
0: Yep. Those were the days, man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I'll
2: go next because I'm the go only ahead. one that I'm the only one that cheated. I you think You picked
4: Star Trek Marvel.
2: I no, I <laughs> I might have. I, I went down to the basement. I said, Well, what am I gonna pick? And I was gonna go with uh our army or uh Men Men of War, which is I was gonna continue my gravedigger um reads. But I said, No, I'm gonna since we're, since I said we're gonna cheat or had the ability to cheat and do a Marvel, I uh, did Master of Kung Fu. I uh, put, pulled out his first appearance from Special Marvel Edition, number 15, um, and he's gonna have a film coming up. So I was like, it's probably a good idea to read the first issue, and know how, know what the licensing was with Fu Manchu. Like, what? Why did this thing take forever to? To come out because of the Fu Manchu license, and then I, I wanted to see Steve Englehart and uh, Jim Starlin what they were gonna do with the character.
4: Holy and crap, uh, Mike, I own this issue. I had no idea I own it. You own it? I have no. I, I had no idea. I only owe, I'll
3: give you three dollars
4: for it. I've only <laughs> owned two issues from this series, 13 and 15. I had no idea. I'm gonna. Well, I fif- go to Well, 15 is the,
2: the first months. appearance, so that's a good yeah, one know. to. I can't believe it. Uh, I went to try to complete Shang Chi uh, right before the announcement, and uh, which is good. And I was only lacking fifteen, and I got somebody from Twitter to get me fifteen. And I had sixteen already, and then I have most of the ser- the series itself. Plus, it's like a double dip because I own it in Epic Collection. I own it. I own every Shang Chi omnibus. <laughs> that's ever come out um, but I wanted to read the, the the actual comic that's why I get these things so um, I went to the basement to get it and it opens up with uh, Fu, uh, Fu Manchu watching his son fight uh, four of his guys and they have swords and one's a huge sumo guy and they're looking to, to crush him and he actually defeats them and he's like, Father, you know, I did what you asked. And he says, I need you, a job for you to do. I need you to do something for me. I need you to kill one of my enemies. And this was kind of hardcore for, I, I think, the introduction to Shang-Chi. Is he goes to his enemy's house um, and there's a 95-year-old man sleeping. And his first mission is to kill... His name is Petrie, and he's supposed to go to this home, this mansion, and kill a 95-year-old man. And I say, oh, Shang-Chi's a hero. He's not going to kill this dude. He's 95 years old in a bed covered. He can't even move. He barely can open up his eyes. What does Shang-Chi do? He kills him. (laughs) Kills the the 95-year-old man while he's sleeping. And then some guy in a wheelchair comes pulls a gun on Shang-Chi and says, hey, you killed my my friend. What are you doing? And Shang-Chi kicks the gun out of his hands and he's in a wheelchair. And I think, well, wow, Shang-Chi's going to kill a guy in a wheelchair now. He killed a 95-year-old man. He, his debut is really... I wonder if Marvel, Disney Marvel's going to show this uh, <laughs> in, in the Marvel movies is he's going to walk in there and kill a 95-year-old man for his father. And then almost uh kill a, a guy in a wheelchair uh, he doesn't kill him he just he knocks the gun out of his hand and this guy tells him the story of why his father is really using him and he's corrupt he, he says we're not the bad guys you're the bad guys." so what is Shang-Chi's now like questioning his whole identity so he has to go visit his mom he goes and he goes and visits his mom who's a white woman and uh he he says you know why did you marry dad blah 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 and he after a, a short conversation he realizes that his dad is not a good person and also the guy in the wheelchair he says look what your dad did to me he had this one of these sumo guys break his legs and they look disgusting like i don't even know how this guy is living through his legs look like uh, they don't even look like they're they look like the veins would burst with blood flow. Like you wouldn't even have blood flow, and you'd have to amputate. These legs look disgusting. And uh, he says, "Look at my legs. This is what your father had uh, his sumo guy do to me." And uh, that's when he he goes out. He fights the sumo guy because he's at the 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 mother's house. It's a it's a huge fight scene. And he eventually defeats the Sumu guy. And as he walks away, um, he walks into a lab, a lab, and his one of his father's labs. And he does experiments on animals. Like he injects a lot of animals with mutations to become his monsters. And there's a huge mutated ape. He's like. And he's like swinging his arms, <laughs> and he's like, yeah! You know, doing his karate thing. Cha, cha! He's blocking him, <laughs> kicking him in the face, whack! And he's like, And he finally uh, actually kicks the the ape into this fire, and the ape turns on fire. He's like, "Whoosh!" And he's like, "Ah!" Fire! And he like falls, he like dives for Shang Chi. And falls down the stairs and dies, and uh, and then he goes to talk to his father. He he confronts his father, and uh, they have this confrontation where he actually I guess the symbol that's on the back of his costume he is his father's uh, symbol, and he rips it off and says, "We are no longer, I'm no longer your son, and I'm and we're gonna the next time we end up." together it's going to be fighting and that's how it sort of ends but it was a really good issue of uh, Shang-Chi I liked it except I didn't like that he killed a 95 year old man just because his dad said to that poor guy
3: you gotta listen to your father
2: I don't know his father (laughs) turned out to be a bad guy
3: Didn't Robert Young teach you that father knows best?
2: (laughs) Never watched that. I was a My Three Sons guy. Me too. I loved My Three Sons. I loved those shoes as the woke opened up.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: I can go next. Um, I chose today something from the National Romance Group. And it is Secret Hearts, number ah. Forty Five. <clears throat> yeah, learning about some
2: romance, Rob.
4: A little bit of romance here. What number yeah, was head it? started on Valentine's Day. That's yeah, a little bit. And what was, um,
2: what was the number again?
4: 145. Okay. I I figure you know this is the time, you know this t- time of peace and love during the Christmas season. So, um. Is this Daryl Taylor
0: Darryl Taylor? they're talking about on the cover?
4: I think it is. It says, <laughs> if you don't have the decency to tell Daryl what you've been doing behind his back, I will. But that doesn't look like Daryl. No. Wrong hair right. color. Yeah. So um, there's a few stories in this one. Uh, the first one is uh, called I Have Him Now. And it starts out with, this young woman, and she's on the bed just – she's looking at her wedding photo, and she's crying. <clears throat> and then now you're, you, we hear the story as, as to why. So uh, her name is uh, – trying to remember. Oh, yeah, Lenora. And Lenora has been invited up to uh, a ski weekend with her girlfriend Sally, who is interested and has just started um, to see uh, a young man named Cal. And right away, Lenora um, is quite taken with with Sally's boyfriend, and <clears throat> he's, she starts asking for tips um, on on skiing, and he uh, agrees to give her some lessons. And um, she she I don't know if intentionally or not, but is not, it, it seems like not intentionally. Um, she's just not, uh, or actually intentionally she's she's not really catching catching on and she's like i'm going to need at least a half a dozen more sessions before I, before I, i'm able to um uh, to get any better like if you don't mind and he says we'll discuss future lessons and my fee in the alpine room yeah. this evening so that's that's kind of creepy in the um sexy current, you know, time meet me too <laughs> True <laughs> world, <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> so uh, later, he, she's, there Sally and Lenora are both getting ready, um, and there's going to be a there's a, a dance in the evening, and of course Sally is is going with with Cal, um, and Sally asks Lenora if she's going to take a gentleman named Jonathan, and she's like, oh no, 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 Cal, Calvin invited me as well. So Sally's starting to get a little bit upset, and um, they get into uh, kind of a fight, uh, her, herself and Sally and uh, Lenora, and they start insinuating things about each other in, in, in front of Cal, and, uh, uh, you know, basically uh, Sally almost uh, accuses um, Lenora of being a swinger, and um, Lenora uh, counters with, uh, that you know, it's usually these quiet ones that you have to watch. And uh, Sally is, is, is upset, and, and she actually leaves, leaves the table. And um, uh, Cal is, is feeling bad about this, and every time he says something that he feels like she, he should go and console Sally, Lenora's got a reason, uh, reason not to. And <clears throat> continues lying, saying, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that. She'll find consolation with somebody else. And before long, of course um, Cal and, and Lenora are, are, uh, interested in each other. And, and Sally is out, is out of the picture and Sally and Lenora have a big fight over it. They pretty much, um, uh, leave and, and say they don't want to see each other again. And, um, Lenora just, just thinks she's the luckiest girl ever. And, uh, later on, um, Well, actually, uh, first I should say that, um, they, they definitely, uh, seem to have fallen in love and Lenora, um, hopes that Cal's gonna, um, ask to, ask to marry her. And sure enough, that's exactly what happens about a month later. And shortly after that, Sally comes to Lenora's house and starts trying to warn her that, um, Cal is a, is a compulsive gambler. And the only reason he's even, um, considering marrying Lenora is that he, th- he thinks that she's rich, where really it's, um, it's her family and she doesn't have any access to these funds. Mm. But, she, but uh, she, Sally says that Cal assumes that, that she has access to this money as well. Um, Lenora just uh, feels like this is all bitter grapes and uh, basically tells Sally so, as much and um, Sally leaks. Well, they end up getting married and and going on a wonderful honeymoon in the grand Bahama. And then the casino, the casino opens, the gambling casino opens and he's just gambling and gambling and gambling. He's writing large checks to cover his losses. Um, it's the middle of the night and she says, come on, we got to get up. We got to go back to the room. And, uh, he says, you go to bed. I'm, I'm staying until I win. And, um, they end up having... That the,
2: sounds like my dad at the casino. <laughs> <laughs> no. well,
4: well, they had they had a call. Finally, they have to call his father because Cal owes um, a, a, a $11,500 at this point. And, and, and he starts talking to Lenora like, what? It's like, I thought that you would write me a check. I thought you were loaded. And... It's like, I don't I don't have the money. Well, then, you know, uh, they fall in the routine of of home life and he comes home late at night, uh, either coming back home from losing money or from evenings of, quote, unquote, working late. And, you know, he'll he'll walk in It's the middle of the night. And he said, are you waiting up again? Look, don't start whining about money or looking for lipstick on my collar. I'm fed up with your nagging. And, uh, and so uh, she's, she's crying, and she said, why did you marry, marry me? And and he said, what? Why? I thought you were richer than, than even Sally. And um, and then he goes on to say, in fact, I checked with her later on, and she assured me that you're really loaded. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sally kind of unbeknownst to Lenora before Sally uh, decided to go and warn, warn her ex-friend she had been on the side lying to um to Cal about how rich Lenora was. And so that's the end is she's just there on her bed just crying and, and saying, well, uh, everything that Sally said about him was true and Cal and I deserve <clears throat> her. And she's just crying away. You know what had occurred to me too in a couple of these? You could just change some of the... um you could start with the same premises and then just change how the story goes. And you could easily make these into horror stories and, and, and instead of romance <laughs> stories, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like romance. Is, yep. Right. Like Sally's upset that Lenora's stealing her man. And so she kills, you know, I mean, it, it definitely the setups are, are kind of there. Um, and then there's a quick one page thing about what the Gemini woman is born May uh, 20th to June 21st, but I didn't think any anything was interesting enough to really get into. The next story is Beware of a Frenchman's Kisses.
3: Mm. Always good advice,
4: <laughs> especially when they're wearing <clears throat> horizontal striped pants. This is, is that is, also a sign? I don't know, but this I've never seen pants like this before in my life. Um, they look like rings around his legs. But anyhow, So so
2: you could find this educational now you know to avoid a Frenchman's
4: kisses, right, Rob? Exactly. But you know what? I'll tell you I'll I'll tell you something else. This this young lady here, she graduates from from high school and her aunt uh Mary agrees to take her to Paris for 6 weeks and she will chaperone strictly. And um Sure enough, she starts to fall for a French painter, and she wonders why don't American boys kiss like this. So, well, there is
0: French kissing. I was going to say that too, but I got yeah. kicked off the call for a second. Doggone it! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh,
2: I didn't know what I was doing when I first did it. My, t- my tongue, was, my That's tongue was my tongue was going way too fast. It was like a motorboat. It was like what is going
4: on in there? <laughs> what a, what a fencing battle going on? Yeah, I like,
2: that's what it was. I thought it was like a lightsaber battle. With uh, yeah. tongues. Jump, jump, jump.
0: Thumb, <laughs> thought it was thumb wrestling. You thought you had to pin the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's the, best. <laughs> no, that's the best. Well, it works for you, Joe. You got three kids. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the master.
4: <laughs> so, uh... This young lady, Eleanor, and her Aunt Mary are at the <laughs> and, and, and they're looking around. And uh, so it turns out Aunt Mary has an appointment, and, uh, and Eleanor is going to have to eat by herself. And um, Aunt Mary says, okay, go ahead if you're going to go to a restaurant instead of eating in, but don't go to Chez Angelique. The food is divine, but the clientele is unspeakable. And so she leaves, and in the meantime, there's there's a Frenchman, painting or uh, sketching one of the, the paintings um, at the Louvre, and he, you can tell he's listening in. So, um,
0: has the, he got a smock, a Van Dyke, and a little beret? Def, he has the Van Dyke, but that that's oh, okay.
4: that's a, he he has a little like bandana thing around his neck.
1: Well,
4: oh, oh, and a vest, and he does have a vest. Um how
2: old is he, like forty-five?
4: Oh, he he's he looks the same he He's a little bit older than Eleanor. Yeah. Well, but, these um, frenchmen
0: it's hard to tell.
4: It is, right? <laughs> so she gets in the car to 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 um go out for for dinner, and uh she says that she wants to go, of course. Where does she want to go? She wants to go to Shea Angelique. <clears throat> well, the driver says, but Madame said, Oh. YWCA cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, No, no, I've changed my mind. I'm going, <laughs> Shay Angelique. So uh, she's driving and she sees the Frenchman on his bicycle go <clears throat> heading the same direction. So she gets there. Now, this guy, let me tell you, either, either the taxi driver that doesn't know where Shay Angelique is and got lost on the way, or this guy can pedal like nobody's business because she gets to the restaurant, and guess who's already sitting at a table? That's right, the Frenchman. His mm. name is Paul. And so she comes in, and and the waiter says the young man's already is waiting for you. And she's like, but I'm alone. And uh, and so anyhow, her and Paul have a delightful dinner, and then takes takes her out to a club afterwards, and um and then to dancing, and then the next, and then later that evening, and then she. They 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 want to go ahead and they um, uh, say goodnight to each other and and he kisses her on the veranda.
0: Whew. I was worried he kissed her somewhere else for a second there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's Doctor Love kiss again.
4: Me, uh, kiss me on the veranda. <laughs> well, the lips will be fine.
3: We know where <laughs> Joe's uncle Wynn gets all this from. <laughs> Just, it runs in the family. You
4: guys know that that what movie that is, right? come kiss me on the veranda. And then the guy says, well, the lips will be fine.
0: (laughs) No, what is that?
4: The three amigos.
0: Oh, gotcha.
4: (laughs) So anyhow, you see up above who's watching, but aunt Mary, she, she, she saw the entire cast. So, uh, Eleanor comes up and Aunt Mary is waiting and getting ready to scold her. And, uh, and says, "Well, how can you kiss a stranger? Good night." And she said, well, "He's not a stranger. Um, you know him, the artist from the Louvre who overheard you warning me against shay Angelique." And Aunt Mary said, "Well, there wasn't any other way for the two of you to meet. He seems like like such a charming man. So she set this all up on purpose. So the next mm-hmm. morning, Aunt Mary has a headache and can't can't accompany um Eleanor. So uh, of course, Paula's there um, to take over, and they go to the park and they paint and they kiss and they ride their bicycle, their, their bicycle built for two. And he's even got wine and a baguette in the little basket. <clears throat> so, uh, anyhow, it seems that uh, her time is running out, and the six weeks is uh, six weeks are almost up, and they start dating. She wants to stay with him. Paul says, no, no, I have no money. I couldn't ask you to marry me yet. Uh, perhaps it would be best if we say goodbye. And she says, no, we will be married, and I'm going to help you any way I can. And Eleanor – or and Paul says, Eleanor, I do love you. And um, that's it. They, they, they stay together. Isn't that a heartwarming story?
0: It's wonderful, but how do you turn that one into a horror story? What happened? Oh, that, that was the one
3: that
4: didn't really work.
0: Oh, okay. Well, the
3: Frenchman is actually
4: a killer,
0: and together
3: go. he has recruited his this new love to kill with him.
0: And then blood. they murder Aunt Mary in her sleep.
3: Blood brings you together like nothing else.
4: <laughs> Kirk, has, Kirk has this one figured out. See. <laughs> now the last the last story is the one from the cover. I didn't want to do it, and um this 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 young woman is is absolutely her name is Ginny she's very upset because Daryl is breaking it off with with Ginny and she thought that um he loved he loved her and he he says, well, I thought it maybe I did, but for a while, but no, not anymore um, so she's just heartbroken and she goes to her friend Felice's house and she's just so upset. And Felice tries to tell her that she's going to get over it. And uh, Ginny's like, no, no, I, I'm never going to get over this. Not until I make him suffer the way that he's made me suffer. And, she's, and Felice says, but you know, Daryl, he's always flitting from one girl to the next. And um, so finally, Ginny says, listen, there's, there's something you have to do for me. She's like, what are you talking about? Um, and what Ginny wants Felice to do is to get Daryl to fall in love with her and then break it off when he's when he's absolutely head over heels in love, just to get back at him. And Felice is like, Oh my god, I you know, we're best friends, but I, I couldn't I couldn't do that. And Ginny says, Fine, that then don't, I'll ask Susan Wade to do it. She's she's a bitch, she'll do it for me.
1: Oh yeah. That's and
4: Susan. Right, Susan. Yeah, um, everyone knows about Susan. Wait, so, <clears throat> um, so Ginny's just very upset. She, she, she leaves with her head, um, down. And as she's, as she's leaving the apartment and she, she's walking on down the street and she sees the Darrow drive by in this convertible, of course, he's got a brand new girl on his arm in the in the car. So, mm-hmm that kind of makes Felice change her mind and says, you know what? He is kind of a jerk. So, uh, he looks like it. He doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, look at that outfit. First of all, it's horrible. Um, and so she calls Ginny and says, you know what? I'm going to do it. And Felice says, Oh, this is wonderful. I've already asked Susan, but I'll, I'll call her back and say <laughs> that, that you're going you're to take care of it. Um, and, you know, I think you're going to do a better job on Daryl. And, uh, Felice said, well, we live in the same apartment building, so at least that's, you know, we're going to see each other more, and there'll be more of an opportunity to, to get my hooks into them. So, of course, you know, the, next, the very next day, there's Daryl lying out in the pool, so Felice makes sure she comes down in her skimpy little bikini and is walking around in front of him and, and everything else and pretending that she doesn't even see him. And then suddenly, oh, hi, Daryl, mind if I join you? And they, um, you know, she sits down next to him, and starts teasing him about being, you know, after one girl after the next. And they, uh, and she, she says, how about a swim? So she jumps in the pool and they're, they're swimming with each other. He goes to embrace her and she ducks her head and, and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, playing a hard to get, of course. And, um, the next, the next day, uh, Daryl is, you could tell Daryl's on, you know, on, on the hunt. Cause he calls Felice and Felice pretends that do, she doesn't even know who it is on the phone and uh, asks and Daryl asks if he could uh, see, see her tonight. And she says, Oh no, I'm sorry. I already have a date tonight. Um, continuing to, to play hard, hard to get in. Um, finally um, he, he, she holds him off for a couple of weeks. And then finally, uh, you know, they, they go out to dinner and um, Daryl's you know, just, just actually head over heels already. And, saying you know i know it's crazy but i can't think of anything uh, um except for you and uh so she's like okay this is it i'm gonna we're gonna tie that final knot and and let let him kiss me so she he goes ahead and kisses her and she starts kissing back and of course i think we know what happened felice didn't expect this but now she's she's fallen in love with with uh uh, what's his name Daryl as well so she has to go back and and tell Ginny that that she's actually really fallen in love with Daryl well obviously Ginny is is not happy about this at all starts screaming at her yelling at her and saying basically now there's two people I have to get revenge on Daryl and you so but this, this one is a horror funny. story you see what I'm saying? It's gonna yes. be easily a horror story. So then um so later later that day, uh Daryl comes over and kinda of feels like Felice is like now like, you know what, I'm gonna to have to say something and just what the circumstances of this all were and so he picks her up and finally, you know, she's saying you know he she's he he's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you and She's like, well, I fell in love with you. And, um, and one of his things, of course, not only are you beautiful, but we're so sincere and honest. So she's like, Oh, it's like, I can't, I can't break the news right now, but I'm going to have to finally say it, you know, at, at, at some point. <clears throat> so then they have an engagement to go to, um, later in the week and her and, and Daryl are at there and, and who comes walking up to the both of them. But, um, Ginny and, she, and and Felice is thinking that maybe that she's uh forgiven. But no, that's not Ginny's style. She's like, Oh, I see you two love birds. Um, did you did you tell the did you tell Daryl the little tricks that that you played on him? Oh oh you didn't yet. Well go on, Felice or or should I tell him? And Daryl goes, Oh why, Ginny, are you referring to your plan for Felice to make me fall in love with her and then throw me over so you could get your revenge. So Ginny's like, you knew? And Felice is like, oh my God, I'm so ashamed. And Daryl's like, yes, I knew all the time. You see, Susan Wade, uh, you, you also asked her and she told me all about it.
0: Oh man, Susan, I
4: hate her. That's a butt <laughs> show. I've got a I've got, young, Susan. <laughs> I've got good news for you. This is true love because Felice says, I can't imagine a more a, a worse way, a more horrible way to for a romance to start. And what does Daryl say? Who cares how our love got started, baby? Aww. As long as it never, never ends.
3: Now let's go kill someone.
4: Yes, and then and then we have an ad on the very last page of the inside for a book. If you got skinny legs, to make them a little bit more shapely. And then underneath is if you have. Heavy legs to reduce your hips, thighs, knees, calves, ankles for slenderized legs. Have you tried
2: either one of them,
4: Rob? Does it (laughs) work? I I just I I have kind of skinny legs, so I did did send. It said no send no money. a, A free 10 day trial. Modern methods, 12 Warren Street, New York, New York. So I'm gonna mail that tomorrow. Um. As soon as the post office opens,
0: there you go. It's and gonna take past, a little bit longer.
4: Now. You can buy wigs or hair pieces for women. There you Only go. Only four ninety five. Do they yet, have like there, big uh... hair
3: eighties wigs? I want to get
4: one of those. Oh, so this wife. is this the Secret <clears throat> Hearts was nineteen
0: seventy. So you, you basically, think of the sixties styles. Uh,
3: Did I need this? a the later
4: issue?
0: Got. Yeah. Who was the star that uh, forecast the romance and the 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 love horoscope? Do you remember? Say say that again? On the the cover, it says stars forecast romance in your love horoscope. I was like, is it like a Hollywood star or is that just a use of the word?
4: It was just that one page and it just said, hang on, I'm getting it. It just says the Gemini woman born May 20th to June 21st. And it just says, I think it means the stars like astrology. Oh,
0: literally like the astrological. Okay, got it, got it. Act. Oh so man, it, I was I was bummed. Like Kristen McNichol says, like you're gonna fall in love. You that know, Bob cool. Crane says, here's what's in your future.
4: That would have been cool. No, yeah, it was just a it was very boring, generic, nothing even uh, interesting in terms yeah. of like you know, like oh, if you're a Gemini woman, you're this, 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 and this, which of course is so vague that it applies to every single person reading the. Oh, totally. But there, it was it was a very fun one to read. 1970, you're kind of switching from the from the sixties vibe into the seventies. And
0: so what I want everybody who is either on this podcast or listening to this podcast to do is like, uh, do like I did. And when you take that survey about the DC app, please tell them to ask for more genre, uh, books on the app, like secret hearts. Yeah. I want to read this like, uh, digitally because this is a hoot. It is. It's fun. And, and that's what I did when I filled out that, uh, the, the survey, because, you know, they're about to switch over in January. I was like, I want more war books. I want more mystery books. I want more horror books, you know, give us all this stuff that's non-superhero. Yep. And
4: yeah. fill in
0: those gaps in action comics for Pete's sake. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, I agree. This was, this was a fun one to read.
0: Yeah, it was, that was great.
4: Well, did you, did
2: it have a letters
4: page? It did. And Mike, I was thinking of you when, when it was because I know how much you, you liked them. But I there love those things. Uh, th- if there was anything particularly funny or, or shocking, Interesting. I, I, I would have I shared. But it was basically it was a few, um, it was like a 15 year old um, who likes a boy but, uh, or loves a boy, but uh, her own parents hate him. And they, and he's asked her to elope. So, so of course, uh, Ann Martin, the counselor at love, you know, said, you're much too young to even think about marriage, so on and so forth. Um, there's a 12 and a half year old who's in love with a boy that's 14 and a half and we're going study and he's moving and she's, and of course, Ann Martin's like, yeah, yeah you're way too young to be going study. Um, and you can keep in touch with him when, <laughs> when he moves. But it's absolutely ridiculous to just stay home and shut yourself away from others. <laughs> until She's saying,
2: he, get it, out there. Uh, She's saying, go man, out. out, you're out there, young. You're twelve and a half. You're 12 Come on. That's what man. a lot of people told me with Barb. They said, you're way too young to think Barb is you, too seriously.
4: And,
0: and to be honest. <laughs> 90, I, like, did, I, I didn't I didn't listen to their advice. Wife, and look, I where you I the now. you were the two percent, but who would have known? I just want to like say like this is a lot juicier than what's in Betty's diary, you know, from Archie Comics. Uh, yeah. uh <laughs> and the, and those letters are always they're... like Should I look at this guy? He thinks that uh, he's cute, you know. And yeah. <laughs> yeah these That's ones juicy are, like these the elopement
2: These ones could cause a lawsuit like nowadays. Nowadays?
0: Yeah. The,
4: the last one was this: this woman's eighteen, and she's liked a uh, for five years a guy that she's liked for five years 19, is nineteen. He's going out with another girl for about two years, then they broke up, and she started going out with him. Seemed to like me, but suddenly he stopped coming around. I later found out that he was going over to our, quote her house, and then he called me and acted like there's nothing happened, and so, and so on and so forth. Um, and so the advice was if your eyes weren't, weren't glazed over with love, you would undoubtedly see how obvious it is that this boy doesn't want to be pressured into going study with one girl. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with his going with another girl. Sure. You feel bad, but think of oh, um, uh, you know, cause he's going into the service. Um, if you want to keep seeing him, don't let him feel that you're pressuring him. Don't confront him with your knowledge about the other girl about the only thing you can do is date other boys and sort of let him find out. Then he may realize you mean more to him than the other girl and will want you more than ever. Just remember, as I said before, never let him know you're mad because this might frighten him instead of enticing him.
0: Well, sounds like yeah. she's stalking <laughs> him anyway. Never
4: let that your boyfriend or girlfriend know how you're feeling. No woman I've ever that's dated that's has that's taken that, that, that advice. What did you say, Kirk? no
3: woman I've ever dated has taken that advice. They're all <laughs> mad, and they all let me know. That's right.
4: That's what I'm saying. You're no. such a
0: nerd.
4: <laughs> that was a good one. I enjoyed it. I'm going to have to read more.
3: Do you have any other issues?
4: I have just a couple other. No no secret hearts, but I've got a couple other romance ones uh, downstairs that I haven't read yet.
2: I think the uh, I think the D.C. Romance are the best, personally.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: They definitely have the better letter columns. That...
3: <laughs> well, they tried to do more of an advice thing in my yeah, limited experience. Yeah, it's like a Dear Abby.
2: And... Yeah, Dear Abby, what do I got to do? Uh-huh.
3: And even, I think I read some in the 80s, and even then they were kind of dated and weird, and I can't <laughs> imagine reading
4: them now. Yeah. <laughs> So I think there's one one person that still needs to cover their book.
2: Yeah, Kirk.
4: All right, you ready? Captain you ready? Kirk,
2: otherwise known as Captain Kirk.
3: <laughs> I'm
0: of a, I'm the USS Admiral Enterprise cuz
2: every time Kirk,
0: Kirk Tiberius Spencer.
2: That's right oh. because every time that you said any Kirk, uh, Kirk answered.
0: That's true. Yep. He got on, he got on that Kirk.
2: Yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> Well, I was trying to pick something Christmassy, since this is our special Christmas episode. And i got to tell you, I didn't have much luck finding anything (laughs) Christmas-themed in in the books I could easily access. I was hoping for maybe a Bob Hope Christmas issue, or a Sergeant Fury, or even Rudolph. And I had a few D.C. War books where I could remember Christmas-themed covers. You don't have your uh, Treasury Rudolph? Well, I've got one, but I, I did not find it in time. But so ah. everything's even more chaotic than usual as as I move stuff around to dig out hidden presents and whatever. I
2: don't e- I I don't even know like what how you get around like know where anything <laughs> is.
3: I usually have like a, a a vicinity where I'm like, I think it's over in that quadrant. <laughs> and I'll search in there. That qu-
0: I want to. I want us to go down to his house, Ghost Hunter Styles. I, with, I do uh, the, too.
2: I, I want to make this a show <laughs> at night our...
0: <laughs> with like the infrared cameras on, and we're like, "What's behind this pile? What was that?" You know.
4: Yes, that would be absolutely fantastic. It would be like one of those that that the, the toy, the, toy like hunter. The, what what is it called? toy
2: hunter or whatever yeah really. or
4: or yeah those two guys that go to all the you know find all the old junk and stuff and antiques and everyone oh, oh american pickers yeah the
0: guys from uh they're from like the quad cities yeah See? yeah they're from they're just one city over and they're in the quad cities that's what i picture
4: that, yeah. that we're walking around, and we're like, oh my God, Mike, you got to come over here. You got to take a look
0: at this. Yeah. <laughs> but I want it ghost hunter styles because I want everybody freaked out because, of, you know, like it's booby trapped.
3: <laughs> well, now for that, we'd have to go to my parents' house. and
0: <laughs>
3: and, and you may even find a ghost.
1: <laughs>
3: but I ended up choosing. The Sergeant Rock special, number 21, cover dated February 1992. And on the cover it says, War's Christmas Present. It's a great Joe Kubert cover with a Nazi skeleton with a sandal beard holding up a beaten Sergeant Rock. And that cover and that title do not appear anywhere in this issue. There's not really a Christmas story. There, there's some uh, winter-based stories, but there's nothing really Christmassy. But we begin with a Kaniger and Kubert classic from Our Army at War, number 228. And the Sergeant Rock in It's a Dirty War. It's a cold and weary easy, and they are ordered to dig in to a snow-covered ground. Knowing how battered and weary his men are, Rock chooses himself to go out on patrol. He's jumped by a lone enemy soldier. They struggle, and Rock kills him. As he stands up, Rock realizes the enemy is just a boy. A boy in a man's uniform, as he puts it. He takes the boy's wallet and a letter to turn into headquarters. The boy is Hans Brandt, age 17. Rock is very troubled about killing someone so young. He returns to Easy and he himself digs in. He is haunted by this kill. Rock and a small group are ordered back to the command post for some rest. Rock sends the men on alone as he heads out to find the boy's family farm. Rock is shot at by a sniper. He turns and shoots the sniper from the tree, but his shots have been heard by the enemy. He runs out of the forest while under fire. He makes his way up the mountain to be spotted by a machine gun nest. He throws down his Thompson when when they tell him to freeze, but he launches a grenade. Rock heads out, unarmed, having lost his Thompson in the grenade explosion. He finds the Brant house and gives them the sad news. The younger brother attacks Rock, calling him a murderer. The father stops the boy, saying he knows what war is like. He's a veteran of World War I. Rock leaves, but spots an enemy patrol searching for him. He's too exhausted to run anymore, and he assumes this is it. The young brother ends up leading the patrol away. Rock goes back to the farmhouse to ask why. The family had read the letter from Hans and Rock, that Rock had given them. Hans said war is a crime and not glory, and that Hitler had lied to the entire nation. Rock heads back down the mountain, back towards Easy, when the patrol spots him and yells out to stop. They have found him. Rock launches his last grenade, and it ends up burying the patrol in an avalanche. Rock heads off, saying, it's a dirty war. We're followed up by another story with a beautiful art by John Severin, and a story by Mike Friedrich called 22 Hours to San Francisco. But it's only a few pages, and it's a wordless story of a soldier in a firefight in Vietnam, and it's juxtaposed with him getting a, a pass back home to meet his woman, and how the peaceful civilian plane compares to his Huey transport in the hot LZs of Nam. Then we go to a USS Stevens story, which is one of Sam Glansman's masterpieces based on his time in the Navy, it's called The Sea is Calm, the Sky is Bright. And it opens with a sailor struggling to write a letter home to his mother. He says it would be unkind to burden her with words of terror and fright. So he sends a thought letter from Okinawa. It describes horrific battles, mass casualties, and the horrors of war. He ends up just writing that he's fine, the sea is calm, and the sky is bright. Then we go to another classic called Brittle Harvest. I believe this is in Our Army at War 277. It's one of my favorite issues of Russ Heath art drawing Sergeant Rock in the snow. I love the snow. I love the winter gear with Rock in his long sleeves. It just, he just makes it look, it makes you feel cold. Easy as advancing through the snow to stop the Nazis from blowing a nearby dam that will wipe out the roads and stop the Allies from advancing their armor. They lose men to a mine, but continue to advance. They then come across another patrol that's under attack by a dug-in enemy. Brock orders Easy to row snowballs down the mountain. This ends up burying the enemy under an avalanche of snow. As Easy advances again, they are attacked by a Nazi plane. They shoot it down, only to have it crash at the top of the dam. The escaping water floods the Nazi demolition team that was setting the charges at the bottom of the dam. The dam, though damaged, is safe for now. And then we close with another USS Stevens, another wordless tale from Sam Glansman. And it is brutal. It shows different bodies and and the results of battles and just different scenes switching through the horrors of war. And it's definitely one that closes with make war no more. So this this book, while I recommend it, I love the artists. I love the tales It made me want to go read an Archie Christmas special after this, because a lot of this is just dark, very anti, very anti war. And the the Glansman tales in in particular were just brutal.
0: So so is the the rock stuff in, from this era? I mean, is no longer like a monthly? Is it pretty, it, or is it still a monthly? It's called a special, and it reprints okay. a lot of the old stuff. That's what I was gonna say. It sounds like it's all reprints. Is that right? That's yeah, like
2: Sergeant yeah. Rock Volume Volume Two.
3: Okay. Yeah, this started. I want to say around '88, and then I think it was quarterly or bi-monthly, and it would usually just reprint old stuff with a new cover. Okay. And
2: I think there's some original stuff in there, but I think it's only like in a couple issues.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that's I mean, a great. It's, cover. it's, it's a much
3: it, more. At, it's a yeah. much more affordable way to get some of the works. Right. Although, like you know, lately any war comic, if you find it, it's usually more expensive than, than it used to be. But, uh, it, it is, this is the, probably the most brutal DC war book I've read in a while. Cause most of them are a, a lot more, while not pro war by any means, they're just not as brutal. And this one brutal is the best. That's the word of the day for this issue.
1: <laughs>
3: mm. I mean, it shows the enemy went that are washed away by the dam. They ended up frozen their body. It shows their bodies in the clear water frozen, with their weapons still up and they've been drugged down by their heavy TNT bags and drowned. And then the, it's, <laughs> it's dark. We have a but couple of But I'd still questions. recommend it. A yeah. I, I want to
0: read some of these USS Stevens stories. They sound great. They, they are. There's collections, of the, there's collections of those. Yeah. I
3: think our friend Drew Ford helped head up one with uh, one of his last projects at Dover Press Yeah, and uh, it collects them. But it's it's a very personal tale. Sam lied about his age to enlist in the navy to go fight, and he was actually I remember too the, young.
2: The Captain Squishy Shoes Su- story,
3: where I his remember captain... that, the guy like thought he was a pirate. Yeah, that, I remember. I, I, I read that
2: recently because that was reprinted in um, uh, Joe Kubert presents. Because the the recently, I, I think it was in like the 2000s, they had Joe Cooper presents and there were like seven issues of it. And they, right at yeah, the back, the last back, month. they did yeah, Sam Glasman stories. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The Stevens stuff is really some of his best work. I mean, I love the haunted tank appeals to me more personally, but on a, on a level of a autobiographical strip, these are things he saw in, in his day to day Navy life in the war. And some of them are very touching and powerful and some of them make you want to cry and go, why, why do we have to ever fight war?
0: Yeah. You can still get the, the Dover one, at least for right now. uh, I would
3: would
2: recommend that.
0: Yeah. It looks great.
2: We've got a couple of questions. So one question from Jason of Hawaii says, what was your greatest comic book pop culture related Christmas gift? Any of you have received?
1: Hmm.
3: Well, the greatest Christmas came on the heels of my worst Christmas, if I remember right. And the greatest was when I got the Ad App. We usually got one big present. Ah, uh, I, I always wanted $50. that sucker. Yeah. And man, I love that sucker. My mom would, would tell stories of me carrying it around like it was a puppy. And, <laughs> do you still you know, have it? I do. It's not in great shape, but I've still got it.
2: Yeah. Kirk, I never I never had that,
4: a first that, generation. Same thing happened with me. I was like, we never got big presents, but my parents were like, Hey, okay, if you're gonna get this, it's pretty much all you're going to get.
3: Right. We yeah. would get one big thing and then a few little things and in a stocking full of crap. And <laughs> so I, I probably got like the ad at, maybe a, a few figures and then, you know, candy or whatever. In my stocking. And but that Christmas it was worth it. The the Christmas before that and it was an entirely different story.
0: Comic book wise, I think the one that was one of the most special to me uh, was a, a few years ago. My mother-in-law got me um, Superman from the 30s to the 70s. And that was one of those instrumental books for me as a kid because I didn't have a whole lot of comics. But, you know, we had the library, which had uh, the different Disney um uh, compilations and it had uh, Marvel Origins and Bring On the Bad Guys. And I can't remember what the one with the female superheroes uh, was called Women of Marvel or something. Yeah, but, uh, I had that one too. But that black and white one, and maybe that's why I'm so partial to Essentials and Showcases to this day. That black and white uh, Superman from the 30s to the 70s, I must have checked it out, you know, four times a year for like five or six years as a kid. Um, And then one cool thing, when I went back to Perry uh, a few years ago to, to see my mom, um, they actually still had it at the Perry library, which made me really happy.
2: That's incredible.
0: Yeah. But uh, I mean,
2: was it, was it pretty worn or was, Oh yeah,
0: it was beat up. It was one of those that didn't even have the cover anymore. It just had where it had been rebound with the kind of generic uh, jacket, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, and it had like the li- old fashioned library font on the side. But yeah, she got that for me a couple of years ago, and that's one of my favorite uh, comic presents anyway of all time. Because that, like I said, that was, that book was very important to my fandom as a as a child.
2: Very cool. I think mine was the year I got the Mago Heroes World action figures because those were figures you couldn't find at Kmart. You had to order away for them, so I had uh, Falcon, Thor, Green Arrow, um, several of them. Plus, I got the uh, Spider Car with the web on the back, and the Captain America car with the shield, and the Arrow car with the the one that shot arrows out of the front. And that was a pretty good Christmas.
3: <laughs> what about you, Rob?
4: I mean, honestly, probably that it's it's got it's still got to be you know that at at um, in terms of pop culture. I can't think of anything in terms of like con- directly comic book related. Um, uh, my especially like growing up, like my parents never really knew exactly like what to get me for that type of stuff, and even. As I've gotten older, my, my wife's the same way. She's well, like, you never know, circled the
2: JCPenney catalog and said, hey, this is what I want.
4: <laughs> Boy, true. I did.
2: Sears that's and JCPenney catalog, man. That's where it was at. You circled,
3: this is what I want. Yeah. Here's my list. Dear Santa, pages 99 through <laughs> 120. <laughs> and then the underoos on page 300. <laughs> That's yeah, what remember.
2: I. That's probably what I'd find in the Kirk's basement is the underroos. I'd be like, I'd, I'd be there ghost hunting, and i would like, wow, these underroos are here.
3: <laughs> I loved my underroos. <laughs> he has the
0: Boss Hog Migo.
3: <laughs> I think I did have that.
0: <laughs> I did. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Um, There was one other question. It was a very strange one. It was like, if you had a... If you each had a million dollars to spend on each other's Christmas presents, what comic book pop culture presents would you guys buy for each other? A million dollars. Well, I couldn't buy a Kirk, a Sergeant Rock movie because you couldn't do that for a million dollars. You need a lot more. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That'd be pretty low budget.
3: Yeah. I, hey, at this point, I'll take low budget. Is it a million <laughs>
0: a piece or a million to split over three?
3: I took it as a like we're going to go George Clooney and and spend a million dollars on each of our friends.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Man, that's tough. <laughs>
4: yeah, I don't even I don't even know what to think about that.
2: Yeah, I don't <laughs> know because I don't I don't even know what Kirk has. Like I. <laughs>
0: I would hire a librarian. He doesn't have a site.
2: database that I would, I would hire
0: somebody to archive. Kirk exactly, stuff. I'd hire a librarian to go down to, to Kirk's house and reorganize it. In fact, that's probably
4: do $4 a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: get me, make, build me an addition on my house with like shelves and everything to put boxes on, and Heck, then yeah, I can, I can start putting them up the way they should be, the way I should have done from the beginning and and get organized and I need somebody to enter the enter it in and show me how these databases and this fancy witchcraft technology works.
0: That's what I want. I want a new house and uh one whole floor is dedicated with nothing but shelving. Well I that's want what I'll take for a million.
2: I want to keep my existing house. I want a brand new house so you can buy me and it's <laughs> one house would be just for comics. Just the there entire you go. house. Perfect. That that's what I want cuz then I could grow and I could I could display everything. I need a house, a
4: another house just
2: for comics and toys.
4: I'd be happy with just I'm going to lose the room that I'm using on my comic books or putting on my comic books in aside from what's in the basement um because, you know, the, the kids are seven. Um they they're not going they're not going to be able to um be in the in the same, same bedroom room. much longer right <laughs> we're pushing it right now so um so yeah so i'm gonna lose that i'd like to like to get at least a room back
3: i i honestly thought you were about to announce that you were going to be having another baby and absolutely. that you had to clear out the room for <laughs> baby number three
4: absolutely not that's never going to happen
0: yeah with <laughs> with us moving especially i don't know that i'm still going to have a dedicated room in my next house so yeah See,
4: that's terrible just not right, Joe.
2: <laughs> so it sounds like it's a global uh, answer for all of us. We want more space to yeah, put in. space, spacing,
0: and shelving. Yeah, a million
2: dollars could buy a lot of space.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, that's a much better. answer. when he when he asked that, I started thinking like, well, I'd buy Rob the X Men he needs, and I'd I'd buy Joe all the wrestling cards he lost in the flood, and <laughs> I'd get. Mike sent like a, a truckload of cheer wine set up on tap.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. You'd you buy me cheer wine. Like you'd buy me stock in <laughs> cheer wine so I could just have it shipped.
3: <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, you know, when I was a kid, you'd see these movies where people would have like a bar in their home and they'd have like things on tap.
1: Right. And I was like, yeah. that is
3: the ultimate in excess. You know, it used to be like a, a swimming pool was the ultimate status symbol, but you could actually like flip a switch and here's some coke or you know because i didn't want the beer and stuff at the time i was like i could set up a a coca-cola machine right there
2: i would i would love that we used to have a a a restaurant here called froggy meisters and it had instead of being like a beer on tap it was a root it was more for kids and it had root beers on tap Mm. so it was it was pretty awesome because i'm a i'm a soda guy i love soda
0: Mike, have you ever been to Atlanta? No. Okay, I was gonna say the World of Coca Cola. They have like
2: I have seen the World of Coca Cola though in Vegas.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, did they have like all the different sodas from a, around from the world on that?
2: Co- yeah, from every country. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's, there's some that's
2: nasty awesome. tasting ones though. I see. Hell yeah, the, there um, is. There, there's some cultures that I'm like, where does that come from?
0: The honey <laughs> lemon Fanta is disgusting. Oh <laughs>
2: my God! There's some. There's some. <laughs> cough medicine-y
0: exactly uh, it, it, it is
2: there's some awful flavors but there are some good ones yep. um, it's kind of fun just to try them just to see which ones make you make a face with and some of them that you go oh man i'd sure like to have a bottle of that
3: right yeah i, think yeah. I tried everything they offered except for some of the diet ones i didn't do i just don't do diet
0: i'm but. with you yeah they say that stuff's bad for your brain anyway, so stay away from it. That's
2: what
1: happened right.
2: to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even diet. have that
1: excuse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'd get diet wine if they had it.
0: Oh man, don't get the Alzheimer's for cheerwine, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're gonna get it, I mean.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode, unless you guys got anything else.
4: No, we didn't. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, uh, coming in 2021 is uh, 616 and Beyond, which will be featuring everything from Fury to Micronauts, but sadly, Rob will not be joining us on this adventure. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He doesn't like no Marvel. I feel betrayed.
3: I feel betrayed.
4: (laughs) <laughs> I don't all want to right. myself with podcasts.
2: I have the rest of the year off, so I'm in a good mood. Nice.
0: Yeah. I have a, I, I have like four shifts, I think, and that's about it. Nice. I've
3: got four as well. well I'm so in crunch can- time. I was trying to get all the comics to the far end of the house, and, and I bought a 10 pack of short boxes. And I thought that was going to be a lot until you start putting stacks into boxes and realize that's not a lot of boxes. That's a lot of stacks.
0: Where'd you get four, uh, where'd you get a 10 pack from and how much did it cost? Cause I need it for trades.
3: It was, uh, on eBay and it was the graphic boxes. And I chose one. I'm going to use a couple for a Christmas present for my youngest. It's oh. not a design I would have chosen for my personal collection. Oh sure but sure. I wanted something to put his gifts in that he would like. Nice. And so I chose I chose that for him. But it worked out to be $11 a box for the graphic boxes I think, which isn't bad for those. That's not bad for those, yeah. But it it kind of hurt me to spend that much on one that didn't excite me.
0: But
3: sure. <laughs> I needed boxes and I was like, well, this is two birds one stone. All right, so he our lo- Twitter. He, lo- hand- he loves his robots in disguise.
2: Transformers.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Our uh,
2: Twitter handles are at Iowa's Joe for Joe Crawford, uh, at Big Five Army for Kirk, at Rob Krieger for Rob, and I'm at Mike Myers. And his Brunch, brother and Bob
1: Seeger, Bob
2: <laughs> Seger, yeah, sounds like. Bob Seeger. I could never get his name right until
3: I, I, I always got <laughs> Bob Seeger. Well, I, I always said it wrong until I first heard you say Bob Seeger. Yeah, was like, okay, I always said, uh, well, I've been, I've said it wrong. and Hopefully, Rob's not at home going, it's not Seeger, guys.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's Ryan like Seager. Ta-
0: sounds like Seeger tastes like Krieger. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're located at the DC Noise and uh if you're on Facebook you can search for that too at DC Noise Podcast. This is the D C Everything Else. I hope you all have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh whatever happy you're new celebrating, year. happy new year. I hope it's better be. than twenty twenty.
3: Um yes, sir. May God and the can... postal service deliver all your packages. That's right.
2: Yeah, I it's that's rough out there, I, <laughs> I swear.
1: Especially when you, email, when you get the email when you open
2: when you open up, you know something's bad when you say when it's leaving the same post like for five days in a row. Right, uh, your, your chances of you getting your package are slim to none. It's like in an infinite <laughs> loop. Oh, it left here. It left here. It left here. It left
3: here. <laughs> I've got one that has been to Tallahassee, which is about ninety minutes from me, like three times. It keeps. It'll, le- it'll say depart- departure scan, and it'll be gone for a day, and then it'll say arrival scan, Tallahassee. So they're yeah. sending it somewhere that keeps sending it back to Tallahassee, and it's not making it to me. And I'm uh, like, I yeah. could drive down there and pick this up if you guys would let me in the warehouse.
0: My Midtown <laughs> Black Friday order made it to Davenport, left Davenport, went to Illinois, sat in Chicago for like almost a week and a half before it came back.
4: Wow. This it, yeah. is so bizarre. Yeah, it's weird. I haven't had anything to that extreme, but as soon as my DCBS order ships and it says Smart Post from FedEx,
0: oh, yeah. Screw I, I, posts. I
4: know I'm not getting it for an extra week. Right. <laughs> which, <laughs> is post which is, is what is is the devil. devil.
2: But you went it's weekly, devil, right? Didn't that did that, it, it, I, that improved, right?
4: No. Well, <laughs> now it's. <laughs> now, now
0: every week is late <laughs> exactly
4: the one that should have come last week i i just got on saturday and so the one that should have that normally would have arrived this past friday i think will be here t- tomorrow so like I'm getting them like almost like back-to-back because the first one is delayed a week. Oh, that that yeah.
2: happens to me, especially during the holidays. Yeah. I'll have one week with three boxes. It's like, boom, and that's like, oh, shit, that's a lot of books to deal with. <laughs> like right now, I, I'm i glad I have tomorrow off because I have, I have three boxes to process into the database, and that's a lot of ah, comics. That's a lot of work. Plus, I,
0: I bought like a
2: crap ton of Journey into Mystery and Thor. Like, I'm almost done with Thor now.
0: Uh, so, Do you put all your Marvels into digital too? Because, oh my God, that takes forever.
2: Oh, no. I, okay. I, 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 the reason I don't do that anymore is because I have Marvel Unlimited, so it has everything.
0: Except Conan, bro. Your Conans are not on there.
2: I did not know that.
0: Yep. Go back and get them in before they expire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but i do buy i like i do a lot with conan i buy like the collected editions too so i could always grab them off the why shelf. would they
3: not have conan that doesn't even make sense it's because
2: a license, it's got to be a
0: licensing thing yeah but they've got they, the license right now they
2: they only they don't they have, have the, the license rights. though they don't have they don't own it like Star Wars. Now like right. Star Wars is all out there because they own Star Wars now. But if Dark but Horse still the,
3: has do they have like the old Star Wars digitally, the original Marvel? They series. have all yeah. of it. Yeah. They yeah, have they have the entire
2: the run. Horse. Yep.
1: But yeah, they no they, ha, to... they
3: have a lot
2: like digitally. Like that's how we can that's how I do like the DC Spotlight is we were able to grab a lot of those titles just off the DC universe app. They have a lot out there. Like I, I was surprised they have like tales of ghost castle. I mean, they, they have some crazy stuff out there.
3: Well, you if you really want to grow alone. the market for comics, you really have to offer more than just types to people. You really need to say, Hey, you like, you like barbarians. Here's Conan. You like sci-fi. Here's star Wars. You like adventure? Here's Indiana
0: Jones. Here's Sergeant Rock.
3: Yeah, we'll never see Indiana
2: Jones because of licensing.
0: Yeah, it's all screwed up.
2: Sergeant Rock, they should have out there. There's no reason they shouldn't.
0: No, not, I think they I'm have not, like one of the like the Billy Tucci ones, and I think that's about it. That's it, yeah. You
3: would think with Kubert's influence in the industry, especially with the the Kubert school and everything, they'd be like, "Hey, look at all this amazing Joe Kubert work we have," because that's one name that almost every artist knows.
1: Right. Oh, I like hope you guys have a
3: great night.
2: Yeah, Rob's got to go to bed. He's got go He's got go to bed. go.
3: He's got to go empty out that spare bedroom for baby number 3. Yeah, we got to get yeah. going here. <laughs> All right,
2: you guys you guys have a happy holiday and I'll I'll you talk too. to you in the new year. Merry,
1: Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Take Christmas. care. Bye. 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 Bye.